Hey everybody, welcome to the Bag and Boardcast, episode number 234. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of the books that we are looking forward to coming out October 29th, 2014. And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're taking a look back at some of the new TV shows that premiered this season. Yeah, you thought it was going to say comic books. Because I said look back. It did. We fooled them. These are comic book TV shows, so we're going to be talking about the brand new Constantine, The Flash, as well as the premieres of Arrow Season 3 and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2. And Gotham. Did you say Gotham? Oh, and Gotham. Yeah, I forgot to say Gotham. Yeah, that's another new one. That's another new one. I forgot to put that one on my show notes, that's why. It's Don't worry, I already have a picture ready to go for the... uh, the show notes page, I just forgot to write Gotham down. Ah. One thing our listeners can uh, always count on us remembering, and that's the beer. Uh, there's only been a few episodes where we haven't done beer, where we've done like mixed drinks and other crazy stuff, but uh, most of the time, we've always brought to the party something to liven things up. Right, John? Yeah, that's good play, Paul, because we're drinking live from Southern Tier. This is... Aged, I knew this is aged a little longer than a year, correct? Mm-hmm. We've been sitting on this for a while. We we try to drink one every six months, and then we're like, oh, didn't we want to drink? I don't just, I just don't want to drink it. Yeah. That's what John says. I do. I'm not a huge fan of the live. Like, we should drink one of those. It's been a while. And he's like, ah. Yeah, so much better stuff. Uh, this is it's just not worth it. This is a bottled condition pale ale from one of our favorite breweries, Southern Tier. Um, and this is supposed to get more lively yeah. when uh, it ages because it is bottled conditioned. Um, definitely the nose of this. Nice and floral. Nice nice and floral. Um, drinking it, not much change. It's it's very, a little more muted, I feel, um, now. Mm, you know, it's it's not bad. I probably like it a little more than I did last time. This came out, well, I think we bought this in the spring of last year. Yeah, I think it came out in spring. Yeah. So we're a good year and a half in. Yeah. And uh, still not loving it. Not loving it. I'm glad that uh, Paul and I split a single yeah. regular bottle of it, uh, and I'm glad it's all I have to drink of it. Mm-hmm. It's, well, the thing is, like, it wasn't like a knockout beer from the get-go. Like, it was, it's drinkable. Like, it was nice. Mm-hmm. It was pleasant. But there was nothing that made me be like, oh, man, you know what? I want to get alive. Yeah, it's a watered-down session. Like, it feels like a session ale that they just decided to throw active yeast in and been like, ah, bottle condition now. Four varieties of hops, four varieties of malt. Yep, nothing plays upon the tongue. I don't know, maybe that's when you just need to move to the back of the uh, bag and board beer cellar and just kind of forget about it and see, like, what happens in a year or two and then be like, wow, this is the best thing ever. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. But yeah, if I think that's from even in the Asia and then uh, wake up and like, oh, this is beer? I love beer. This is great. We'll be like the 11th doctor waking up and then we'll have a different beer and be like, that last beer was absolute rubbish. You hate that Pretty beer. Much. That beer's stupid. Even with it being in the forefront, we're still like, no, we're not going to drink that. Yep, yep. So, uh, Chris, you got a beer in front of you? I have a beer in front of me. Well, I have like a little bit less than half a bottle left of this beer. Um, this is the Anderson's Valley Pinchy Jeek Barrel. Uh, this is the Bourbon Barrel Pumpkin Ale. Um, I got this as a birthday present, so thank you guys very much. You're welcome. Um, 
This is very, very nice. It's very pleasant. It's very light, but you still get a nice pumpkin and just like that nice little vanilla from the uh, bourbon barrels it's been aged in. I really like this a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's definitely uh, it's definitely on my top five pumpkin beers. Wow. I would I'd say it's... Uh, you, you know when you guys throw out a number, could, I, I just mine. start itching, and I'm like, no, now you got to list all five. Now you got to put it on the list. Now, yeah, now you got to list it. it. You can't just say, oh, it goes on my top three or my top five. It's you, you got to then, damn it, list it. Uh, okay. Ichabod, I, I can I can do a list really quick. Yeah, me okay. I think I'm good. I right. mean, too. Ichabod uh, number one. Okay. Uh, From New Belgian Beer Company. New, New Holland. Holland. New Holland. Holland. Yep. Get confused between those new places that are similar countries. Warlock, number two. Okay. Pumpkin, number three. Both from Southern Tier. Both from Southern Tier. Uh, the the Wild Turkey, okay. one from the Anderson Turkey Valley. Jerk. And then uh, number five, it's not really a pumpkin beer, but it says pumpkin beer on it, and that's uh, Dark of the Moon from uh, Elysian. Yep. Even though this is a cinnamon beer, <laughs> I I would I'll drink that till the cows come home. Yeah, uh, that's my number one. I would put the Dark wow. of the Moon, uh, Ichabod number two, uh, Warlock three, Pumpkin four, and then the Crooked Line, the uh, the, the Crooked, crooked Stave from stave, yeah. uh, would be in my number five, or it would be in the mix. <coughs> yep. Yeah, the right. Jacked Pumpkin. Yeah, the jacked Oak, Oak Age Jacked Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, I would probably start number one, Pumpkin. I don't know. I, I still love it. It's just so hit and miss. Like, from year to year, it's yummy sometimes, and it's, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes but nothing's going to be as yummy as that yam beer that uh, Caitlin got at Pizza Line. <laughs> I don't even remember. I want to look it up just to see, like, what it was called again, because that was straight up, like, liquid sweet potato. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget who made that. Was that the Dogfish Head Ancient? Because they no. had, like, no. nothing but... No, yeah, no, it wasn't. No. It was uh, Castile. Okay. Castile. But number one, Pumpkin. Uh, number two, Warlock. Then I'd probably go Ichabod for number three. Um, number four, I might go the Pinchy. But no, then, you know what? My number five is I'm that this Baltic. Right now. Well, no, I don't care what your number five is because it's uh, time for my number five. Yeah. And I'm going to go um, the Shipyard Smash Pumpkin. Shipyard yeah. Smash is good. I still haven't had it. Grab a bottle, Paul. He, he said uh, Baltic Porter. That would be on my top five. That would be. Yeah, that oh, was I good. I forgot about that one. Yeah. That would. Might even drop off uh, Pumpkin for my top five. Hmm. I like Pumpkin. Really? It's good. It's just. I Like, to me, like, I think Warlock and Pumpkin like are it. worthy of, like, the same slot because mm-hmm. they're from the same brewery. They're different yeah, beers. I, they're. they're Completely different, though. I'd rather have Warlock than Pumpkin right now. This year, I, I feel the same way. That's why I put Pumpkin uh, below Warlock. Mm-hmm. But that cinnamon goodness from Dark of the Moon. Mmm. Malaysian. So yep. Yep. Chris, you had that, right? When you were up? What? Yeah, yeah, we, we drank that growler of it after the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Was it after the podcast or during the podcast? Did we review that? <laughs> Guys, I woke, I woke up the next day, and I went into this room, and I'm like... We drank so much. <laughs> there were growlers that were open. The the entire every like uh, surface square inch of the table was covered with either microphones or beer. Like there was no <laughs> there was nothing else 
on the table except for I, empty I know it's beer been bottles. A couple months, but that's how we always record. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's <laughs> usually like four. It was a little five. It was a little extra open. because also there were all those beer bottles on the dining room table. Yeah, I know. And then yeah, I walk out true. there and well, I'm like, oh my goodness. Before. You listen to that episode, we sound really drunk during it, too. Oh, good. Good, because we were. Uh, at least I was. I was. I haven't, I haven't listened to it, so I'll have to check that out. All right. Well, let's keep on going. And, uh, <laughs> let's not stop now. Let's, let's not, not stop now? now. Let's keep drinking. Let's, uh, let's make sure we get blackout drunk like I always do, so that what, that way, when we talk about news, it's always new. Hey, because it's time for some news. And we got a new movie trailer. Because I think this is probably the biggest thing that happened over the past week. Yes. Um, we got our first look at the Avengers sequel, Age of Ultron. Um, the trailer was supposed to debut this week after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, but it leaked right after they announced that it was going to be airing. And while we were um, struggling to track it down because it kept popping up on websites and then Disney was having yep. it taken down, uh, Marvel released it officially. And what a trailer we got. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for the movie now. And just, I mean, it seems a little darker. Who knows where everything's going? It seems like there's more infighting in the trailer than fighting of Ultron. Well, I think it's a lot of just because Tony Stark kind of fucked everything up. Yeah. So it's not so much infighting as much as, like, what did you do kind of fighting. Uh, yeah. You know, this gives a... Uh gives us an exit for uh, Robert Downey Jr., really. You know, if you think about it plot-wise, it kind of makes sense if he has to step down as Iron Man because of, you know, his mistakes, and he kind of is like, you know what, maybe this is a little too much for me. But he is going to be in yeah. Captain America 3. Yeah, that's right, so never mind. So I have no idea where they're going with this. It's uh, crazy. Um, I think one of the big, th- two of the big things is... Um, I can't think of his name. James Spader is the voice of Ultron. He really sounds good. He does, and I was expecting the voice to be a little bit more like digitized, mm-hmm. but it's the perfect amount. Like you can definitely still tell it's James Spader, but like there's just enough emotion and enough like coldness there to sell an Ultra, uh, Ultron performance. Hmm. Um, we didn't get to see Vision, which I'm I kind of want to wait till I see it in the theater. Um, yeah, but, I was kind of surprised they didn't show him off, but I think that would be kind of a cool moment, too. Um, we did get a glimpse of someone who could be the human version of Claw, which means uh, Black Panther might be popping up in this movie. Jeez. All these rumors from this, like... Well, you, you get to see yeah. Andy Serkis with the big beard without the mustache, which mm-hmm. really kind of says Claw. <laughs> Or circus I, well, performer. Either or. Because last week, originally, when they announced this, that they kind of said there was going to be like almost like a press conference following Marvel's uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and this was going to be a part of it. I'm thinking they're still going to have sort of a mini-event, especially now that we have the DC slate of films. I think this is going to be Marvel maybe announcing some of the stuff that they have coming up, whether it's like a new movie or when movies will be coming out or... Maybe even some casting stuff. I mean, we've been getting the Doctor Strange rumors for so long. Like, people are in a frenzy right now because of Age of Ultron. Like, that was probably the biggest entertainment news of the past week. So why not capitalize on that and 
get people just really champing at the bit for it. Uh, I do agree. And the other thing is, like, we've barely gotten any kind of images, anything from Ant-Man. And that yeah. movie's due out this summer, which it makes me, I'm like, I, it makes me a little worried, like, are they not doing anything with this movie? Why aren't we seeing anything? I'm, I'm not so worried about Ant-Man. Um, I think they're just kind of keeping that one a little bit more close to the chest because it's something so different. And also, they just had the whole recasting of, or the rehiring of a new director and Edgar Wright stepping away, which... But that was well, months that, ago. that happened a while I ago. Huh? I know, it happened months ago, but... That was right before they were supposed to start filming. No. And then they throw somebody new in, and there's rewrites, and... Ugh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it seems like... I think you guys are... I think I'm picking up on nervousness that it's going to feel rushed. I. But here's the thing. like, I think a lot of that, like, oh, they, they're doing rewrites, they're doing rewrites thing, was kind of hyped up. Especially, like, we talked about it, too, I know. Like, just doing rewrites doesn't mean, like, they're throwing out the script and they're completely redoing it. It could just mean, like, oh, you know, someone went through, they added another joke in here. They beefed up this action scene a little bit more. Like, it doesn't mean, like, a complete overhaul of everything. And that was something, actually, that Adam McKay talked about in an interview recently, because he was asked, like, you know, just how much of Edgar Wright's script is still there. And he kind of touched on the fact that, like, yeah, you know what, it's the premise of it's still there like the uh skeletons there but you know we fleshed out a couple more things we dropped some stuff that was slowing down the pacing um so that kind of calmed me down about it a little bit um and also the fact that he also mentioned that he's talking to marvel about some other stuff nothing cemented but With mckay or no. yeah mckay okay i was yeah. okay not the not the egg right it's like you know what do we maybe we got to do no, I don't think um, I don't think they're going to do anything together. I was hoping, but you know, nothing, nothing solid, nothing cemented, but just like you know, there's some other characters that I wouldn't mind taking a crack at. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think some other big news is 2015. We're going to get a whole new rebranding of Vertigo, and that's going to be in line with the Vertigo movies that are going to be coming out first being Sandman, but then they are going to be using other Vertigo properties um, in the movies. The Joseph Gordon-Levitt vehicle? Oh, yeah. At this time. Uh, yeah, directed. And, and then there was also Justice League Dark, which apparently is going to make be in the Vertigo line then. I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not exactly sure. They haven't said what other movies they're planning on it. But Neil Gaiman is one of the people that came out and said it, the rebranding of Vertigo is going to be deeply in contact with uh, the Sandman movie and other Vertigo properties going to film. Because in that the listing of eight movies for DC property, there was no mention of the Justice League Dark. Well, that was something that um. Right? No, that's that's a Guillermo del Toro thing, I think, because he's been attached to so many movies that he's quote unquote working on. But oh, it's like a labyrinth of movies. Exactly. Like he's just a guy that likes to dream big, I think, and like start projects. And like mm. when he gets to him, he gets to it kind of now. Okay, so I hear you panning his labyrinth of movies. I did. It's 
don't know. John uh, hates me right now, by the way. <laughs> it's something. I don't know. I, I can't think of any movies to make references to. Um, I don't know, because Neil Gaiman said, like, he, he was asked, like, you know, why didn't they announce the Sandman movie when they're thinking this far out when Warner Brothers released the slate of DC movies? And he said straight up, well, because it's a completely different slate of films. Hmm. Um, what they do have... Uh the iZombie movie or iZombie TV series for CW, Preacher television series coming to AMC, uh, and as well as a live action Fables movie, among others, are going to be coming. Fables originally was going to be uh, NBC or ABC thing, but they went with Once Upon a Time instead. Yeah, I don't know. There like was a pilot filmed. I think Fables would work so much better as a TV show than it would a movie. Mm-hmm. I think, like, if you want to do a movie from Vertigo, I would say 100 Bullets would probably work best. I tried, I, I haven't read 100 Bullets enough to give an opinion on that. And I, I, mean, I, think it's, I think it's a series that you could definitely break into, like, you make it a trilogy. Like, just, um, like, the organization. Like, mm-hmm. Well, if you can make it into a trilogy, then you can make it into four movies. Because that's what happened now. <laughs> well, because you just have to break the second or the less moving into two movie movies. Into two. Yeah. Well, there's just so much like, there. Reduce the organization, or oh no, you set up Agent Graves in the first one. Like almost have like a series of vignettes, kind of like they have like the first few arcs of the book, and then you introduce the organization at the end of it, and then you kind of go into the history of the organization and everything, and then the third movie is just taking them out. Hear that, Warner Brothers? Christopher Roy has a pitch. There you and go. He's man. willing to sell it. He'll write, punch that up for you over the weekend. I'll, I don't get weekends, <laughs> but I, I think that would be so much better to do than a Fables movie. Um, I know the Fables game from mm-hmm. Telltale did well. Uh, Wolf Among Us, because they can't call it Fable game because <laughs> yeah. of you know Microsoft and Lionhead Studios Fables um, or Fable. That that did well. Like, uh, commercially and critically, like that's going to be coming out on uh, PlayStation Three. I would assume. PlayStation Three. I think it's not available for download, but it's going to be coming out on disc. Hmm. Like okay. they're going to be doing retail versions of it, like they did with the uh, Walking Dead game. Hmm. Which you can, still haven't played the second one. You can get that Walking Dead game now on your smartphone and tablets. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. Uh, oh, I was going to. Uh, what, what are some other Vertigo books that? You know, oh. might lend themselves well to a movie. All the long discussed Why the Last Man, where the rights are still out there to get filmed. Uh, American Vampire. American Vampire would be good. No, yeah. especially because each one of those movies could be like a period piece too. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I just had one in my head too. I know, we look over to the bookshelf. And, and then like, I'm like, Paul doesn't have any Vertigo books. Wait, we already had a Vertigo movie, though. It was uh, The Losers, and it was not good. Well, we had Losers. We had... Um, uh, Jonah... Was No, Jonah Hex wasn't a Vertigo? Jonah Hex was the DC one. Oh. But then... Oh, North, why am I blanking out of the name? I own it. Northlanders. Northlanders would be cool. I would l- rather see that as a television series. Maybe because of Vikings. Then watch history's Vikings. Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm really trying to think of this shit. What is this shit? I, I don't know. Describe, Describe it. it. Yeah. Constantine. Hellblazer. Yeah. 
Well, we got Constantine we the already, TV I was going to say, we already had that. That was a Vertigo movie. Was it? It was. It feels like it was more of a WB movie, Warner Brothers. But it did have the Vertigo logo before it. Well, no wonder they have to rebrand. After those two duds. And was... I know Watchmen was factored in. Was that a Vertigo book? Or no, that was DC. Watchmen's been a DC uh, property the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that might have predated Vertigo. Swamp, like, Swamp Thing would be a good Vertigo book. But then again... Yeah, that got... That that was the precursor. Like it started off as DC, and then suddenly, like Swamp Thing became a Vertigo series. Yeah. Um, strangely enough. But hey, if you have any thoughts as to you know what would make a great Vertigo movie or a great Vertigo TV show, hey, you let us know over at contactbangboardcast.com. I think in the last few years, like all the stuff has kind of been. <laughs> Kind of more streamlined, like Greek Street, and even Greek Street was fun. I like yeah. that, and it seemed like oh, okay, you could see this fitting in in a modern day like movie setting. Like you, they kind of all feel like if it gets picked up by a Vertigo pitch like, to be a limited series, it's kind of like a movie pitch that just hasn't gotten legs yet. Some yeah. of their books, especially like Greek Street, and there was a that uh, True Life one um, about the. Uh, rapper in the wheelchair that I can't remember the name of. Right. It was written by. Uh, I can't remember. All right. Anyway. I don't know. Like, there, there's some like great Vertigo stuff out there, and that's what I like about Vertigo is they're willing to do a little bit of everything. Like I've been wanting to check out uh, Sean Murphy's Punk Rock Jesus, but I just haven't had a chance to. Yeah, I haven't gotten around to that either, and I and I, I really like Sean Murphy's art. Um. Last bit of news that I have is the great Batman director Joel Schumacher. Oh, uh, is going to definitely ha- one of my top five Batman directors. Uh, he <laughs> uh, he's getting another crack at Batman. Yeah, and it is going to be in the pages of DC where he's going to be bringing his Batman Triumph, which would have been the sequel to Batman and Robin, uh, to the pages of Batman. Batman, Batman, Batman? Uh, it, nope. It's going to be a standalone series, almost like we're getting with Batman 66. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, Digital first? Gonna, I'm not sure, probably, okay. but uh, he'll be working on this with uh, artist Dustin Wynn. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and it's Dustin also Wynn. going to feature like a retelling of his uh, first two Batman movies, mm. as it was supposed to be a trilogy. Oh. It'll be nice to see that. Ha! That was actually mm. really good, Paul. Thank you. I, I, I hope you're proud of yourself. But Paul was shocked, like, I, I never get a... No, nobody ever... Never get praise. People... Uh, thank you? <laughs> what? Hey, Usually I, I just get this silence and this, like, shaking of heads. Well, there's so much, like, scorn and hate. Yeah. thrown towards those movies and it's understandable because oh everything... towards those movies I thought you were talking about me still okay. <laughs> hey um, oh like they get a lot of venom just spat at them and it's understandable after what we got uh, with the first like Batman movies I mean mm-hmm. very very different and I think the reason just being while well, Tim Burton was going more like that dark gothic, like, oh, I'm so creepy and sad all the time, Batman. 
Mm-hmm. And that I'm so creepy and sad all the time. That was actually Tim Burton projecting himself on Batman. Uh, Joel Schumacher, I think he just went more like that campy 1960s Batman, and he was just trying to update it for like yeah. the uh, late 90s aesthetic, like what we were getting with like Baz Luhrmann doing uh, Romeo and Juliet. Because I mean, if you think back, just wow. like with the dumb wow. jokes and everything, like <laughs> if that was a episode of the 1960s Batman. You would understand it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like level. camp beyond belief. I, I, I from now on, when this comic book series comes out, uh, I think on the back cover will say Chris from Bag and Boardcast says it's like Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've heard. That's what I heard in your. Ethan, Ethan Emery I, also gives it a thumbs up. I was going to say, we'll, we'll be getting this adapted for screen starring Ethan Emery soon. Um, but I, I, I think it was more that take on it than anything else, and it just didn't translate how he wanted it, or and it wasn't what people expected. Because when I saw it, I wasn't thinking that. Because I was just like, this isn't Batman. Like, this is weird. Yeah. Why are there nipples? Right? This isn't Street Fighter. This is a comedy. Yeah. Exactly. Looking back at it more as an adult now, being like, okay, I can see things on different levels. Like, I think that's where he was going with it. People just didn't want that. Yeah. No. And now they look back on it just as being like the one that broke the franchise until we got the Christopher Nolan ones. So, like, I want... I'm going to thank uh, producer Scott for teaching me this kind of thinking. Because this all goes back to his, if you watch the Street Fighter movie and think of it as a comedy, you'll enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. Type logic. Because after we watched it with him, and like after every terrible line, he would like perk up and be like, eh? It's a See, comedy. It's comedy. <laughs> I, I get it. Um, so I kind of want to rewatch the... like. Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, just oh. with this mentality that I have now as an adult. All right, so I got to watch it not as okay. This isn't Cape and Cowl Batman. This is Camp and Cowl Batman. Exactly. This is the Biff Baff Oomph mm. Batman. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Uncle Alfred, suit me I, up. I don't think this is something I would buy as a comic book reader, but as a comic book podcaster, <laughs> I will, because I think we should read it for a look back whenever this Oh, I, I thought you were going to say dramatic reading. Okay, <laughs> well, we'll probably do a dramatic reading from it. Probably. Um, anyone else got news? I was going to um, mention that uh, Blizzard came out with some more news saying, hey, guys, don't worry. We're very close. By the end of the year, we'll have uh, Hearthstone on Android tablets. And really? Probably... Because it's on iPad already. And for phone users, mobile phone users, probably not until the beginning of next year. So first quarter next year. Uh, Uh, I honestly didn't know they were making an effort to put that out on uh, mobile devices. So that's kind of cool. The card game, yeah, it's it's a card game. And uh, if I had an iPad, I would definitely be even more addicted to that game than I already am. Now, is it one of those games like where you... Is it like... the uh, Duels of the Planeswalkers on Xbox where you just play through and you unlock cards, or is it a it, you can pay money to buy new packs kind of thing? You can pay money to buy new packs. Uh, they give you daily quests in it, and that gives you in-game gold, and it costs four, uh, 100 in-game gold to buy a new pack. Okay. Or $1.99. Well, that's not pack. that bad, actually, because 
when I was playing Warcraft, I would get so much gold that I was like, eh. Well, no, the daily quest... Oh, are you talking about, like, Hearthstone has its own Yeah, gold? yeah, Hearthstone, okay. Hearthstone has its own gold. And the, the daily quests can range from, like, win two games as, you know, using this deck or this deck, and that gives you 40 gold. Mm-hmm. And you can save up to three daily quests. So I, I average about a new deck every other day. See, that's not bad. Yeah. And, you know, there's only, like, maybe... Uh, every deck, you know, uh, they're class based. So you got your like your mage deck, your warrior deck. Oh, uh, is the uh, warlock deck dope? Uh, the warlock deck is okay. It uh, you subtract health from yourself in order to draw a new card. Makes sense. Uh, cards you can only have thirty cards in a deck, and like there's like maybe about twenty to thirty. I don't know how many. Well, probably about thirty different cards that are. Like locked to certain decks, so like the warlock deck will have all the demons that only warlocks can cast or play have in their decks, and then you have a, a general like all classes, uh, like uh, what do you want to say? like the cards that you could draw from, you know, to put in your deck, and that probably gives you another like two to three hundred cards, different cards. Wow. That's actually more than I would have expected. Yeah. Maybe a hundred or something, but still quite a bit. And you know, uh, I still haven't unlocked all the cards, and I've played quite a bit, and it's a lot of fun because um, I don't feel like I'm chasing cards ever. Unlike you, like it? Magic, where I'm constantly feeling like I'm buying packs to chase cards. I I buy them to be like, oh, I wonder what kind of cards I'll get now. And if you get duplicates, you can uh, disenchant them. And that gives you, uh, like, glowy dust. Oh my gosh, glowy dust? I don't know what it's called. It's some sort of dust. And that Is it like can, an in-game currency kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, it's an in-game currency, and you can craft cards, you know, what oh, else, you know no. other cards. So, oh man, I got... Because you can only have two cards, like, in the deck. So you're kind of like... Like limited. two duplicates? Yeah. So, and you can have... So as soon as you get more than two... You, you want to disenchant them because they're not doing you any good. Yeah. So you disenchant uh, them, and then you can craft a different card instead. But there's I've glowy heard, dust. Yeah, what's it? Glowy dust it creates new cards. I've, I've heard good things about this. Um, friend of the show, Ben, he was, or might be still really into it. Mm-hmm. I know he's been stuck on playing Destiny recently, so. But it sounds a lot of fun, and like now I know a little bit more about it than I didn't before. Yeah. And it's free to play. And I have been sticking free to play with it. You know, I haven't spent any, even though a dollar ninety nine for a new pack. I'm like, no, nah, I'll just wait another day, get another quest. Boom, yeah, that's boom. not that bad. No, I like games that reward you for playing versus punish you for not paying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I don't know if either of you tried out the Star Wars game that they came out with on no. Android. And is it the Clash of the Clans clone? Um. I'm not sure. I never played Clash of Clans. Is it uh, like a real-time strategy game? Pretty much. Okay, yeah. It's a Clash of the Clans clone. Yeah, that's literally a game. Like, you cannot do anything unless you're willing to pay money to get, like, crystals Uh, to do stuff. Wait, dilithium crystals? No, that's Star Trek. It was just some sort of, like, crystal to, like, speed up your building or have access to better stuff faster. It just wasn't good. Yeah, the matching know. system on Hearthstone 
is really good where I never feel like I'm going up against somebody that has like way cooler cards than I do. Like I, I always feel like I have a chance to win uh, unless, you know, it's a card game. So sometimes like I'm like, Oh my, I've just, my deck just did not, I didn't hit the right cards at the right time. And that person did like, you see like, you know, like just like in magic, how sometimes you're able to pull off really cool combos. And when you see yeah. that happening, you're like, okay, that's what that deck is designed to do, and it's doing it. Versus my deck is designed to do a certain thing, and it's I just didn't get the right cards this time, and I got creamed. But that happens, you know, no matter what. You know, that would happen yeah. in any kind of collectible card. So game. is this, Spectability. to put it into Warcraft terms, all PvP, or is there any kind of PvE stuff in there, too? There is some PvE, uh, the tutorial. That stands that- for player versus environment, just mm-hmm. for... John and any listeners today. <laughs> it was like EVP versus player versus player. So there is some player versus computer, like single player, like alone. Uh, yeah, you, you, to unlock all the decks, you have to play through the basic tutorial and beat those decks first. So that's all versus computer, and then you can beat the experts. You know, the expert versions of the deck to unlock more gold, uh, and then. There was the next Ramus expansion, which is all PVE, which gives you more, you know, more cards that you can unlock. Well, you don't nice. unlock it. It's like as soon as you beat it, you, you get those cards. Is now for someone like myself who has an interest and has experience playing collectible card games like Magic and Overpower and crap like that. Is this fairly accessible? Oh yeah. Like, you'll be like, oh, the Druid deck is kind of like a green deck. And the Mage deck is kind of like a blue deck or maybe even a red deck. And you're like, oh, these Morlocks, like, that is totally a dot. I could build, like, a Goblin deck with these Morlocks. You know, and that's how I kind of look at it. Like, So even so, though I played as a Warlock in WoW, you're saying I should play the Druid deck then? Yeah, yeah, you'll, <laughs> you'll want the Druid deck. Because there's like definitely a power a card that I'm like, oh, this is rapid growth. <laughs> this is this is just that card. It's you can only collect up to ten mana crystals, and mana crystals are exactly the same as mana from Magic. And uh, you know, every turn you gain one mana crystal, so you don't need to play mana. There's no mana in the oh, hand; it just automatically comes to you. So. That's one of the terrible things about playing mm-hmm. Magic. It's just like, uh, I'm not getting any land. Because mm-hmm. it happens. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is definitely like, okay, do, if I want to have a quick deck, then I better make sure that it's a quick deck and I can kill them off before we get to the eighth turn because that's when like crazy powerful cards start coming out because you know there's the mana to actually play it. Cool. Yep. Well... Thanks for all that info because now that I know more about it, this is something that I uh, I look forward to. Yeah, and if you jump on, John, I can, you don't have to play along. <laughs> I can jump on there and we can play versus each other. It'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Get you all ready. <laughs> Just everything about your voice is like. Yeah, nerds. That I was like, fun. this has gone long as like our normal news segment just doubled because of all this talk. We hardly oh. ever talk video games. What? What? No, we don't. 
Paul talks about it, and then we just sit by. And we glaze over. Yeah. There's no actual discussion, so. <laughs> I think, this, sure, Paul's is, very I think this is pretty good. He looks at us. We're, like, doing anything else. <laughs> hey, what do you guys got? Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, Chris, you had one more news story or no? Um, th- this is not so much a news story as much as it is news rumor. Um, supposedly, uh, they are putting a Static Shock movie into the works. And front runner for Virgil Hawkins right now is rumored to be uh, none other than the one and only Jaden Smith, which I really hope this is just one of those rumors where it's people like throwing names out there and like trying to make news stories out of it because mm-hmm. I saw After Earth and it just wasn't great. Which of well, the here's Smith the thing. Ki- I'm sorry. Which one of the Smith kids was uh, the next Karate Kid? That J- was Jaden Smith. Jaden. I didn't mind him in that. But here's the thing: is how are you going to sign Will Smith to do Suicide Squad? Strong possibility of giving him his son a movie. Exactly. And let him direct it. I didn't think about that, but damn. Well, producing credit, that's what he wants. That's what he likes to do, is produce it. Uh, And I don't know, like, I I actually like the uh, new Karate Kid movie. And mm -hmm. I mean, it came out, like, what, like three years ago now, so it's really not that new. But the last Karate Kid movie, Mm -hmm. when I went to see After Earth, I had nothing to do, so I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to go to the movies. Uh, there's nothing to see. I'll go see, you know, the sci-fi movie. It's got Will Smith. Why not? I don't know, like... Chris, I'm not telling you that you needed to be afraid or that fear doesn't exist. But uh, fear is a choice, and going to see that movie is a choice, and it, they're both was, the wrong choice. Yeah. yeah. Paul, did you see the movie, or are you just... No, no. I, I, okay. I'm no, they drilled that home. <laughs> you saw that preview I saw everywhere. That pre- I saw that preview, and I knew not to see that movie. Like, I had nothing to do. I was stuck out of town for work yeah. for like two weeks. And I was like, and I'll go to the movies. That movie, with everything they spent on it, like, it could have been good. They could have sure, done yeah, so yeah. many things that could have made that movie so much better. Uh, like, not make it. It needed <laughs> like, to take be... Take that money and donate it towards charity. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it was going to be, it should have been the hatchet in space. Yeah. Can see that. Well, mm-hmm. except now we actually have the hatchet, and it's not in space. Wait, the hatchet is a movie? Oh no, I'm thinking the Giver. Never mind. Oh. Yeah. My bad. Mm. They're both movies you have to like read in middle school, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, you know what we have to read this week? The books are we're looking forward to coming out October 29th. Yes. 2014. 2014. Yes, oh. that, that is Wednesday. This Wednesday? I, I hope that's, that's when comic books come out on Wednesdays. Wednesday. So, yeah. That's good. Heard, I heard <laughs> a rumor that they get shipped really on Tuesday. I was comic book on Wednesday. Oh, really? Which book? Oh, well, thank you. Is this one of those times where you throw it over to me and then you cut me off? No. Okay, because I'm only buying two books this week. Both are from DC. One of them is a weekly book that we talk about often. The other one is one we haven't read for uh, the past five months, and it's going to be Sinestro Number no. 6, written by Cullen Bunn with art by Dale Eaglesham. And this is the uh, next part of the Green Lantern Godhead kind of mini-event that they have going on throughout the, all of the books. Um, 
the Green Lantern Corps is kind of thrown up against the ropes, and they are uh, on the run. So what can they do except kind of head to uh, the Sinestro Corps and ask for help? I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, the rest of the books that I've read so far, it's part of the Godhead stuff, have been interesting if you're following that book already, but nothing really like captivating about them. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking back into Sinestro. This was a book that I enjoyed when John picked up number one for our monthly look back a little while ago. And I was kind of sad he didn't keep up on it because it's one that I wanted to read, but not enough to throw my money towards. Uh, This one, though, I'm definitely uh, interested in picking up. That was kind of my feeling, and it was something more along the lines of I'd get the rest of them if they go up on a sale Mm -hmm. or if the trade goes on sale definitely would pick it up or i'm perusing uh borders or barnes and noble whichever one's still around and if i'm there and i'm like uh, all right i'll grab this trade mm-hmm. yeah well let me know if you do that because it's definitely something i have an interest in yeah like i didn't think it was bad but it just i wasn't sure i, I wasn't ready to spend the money on it mm-hmm. what i am willing to spend the money on is another number one from Image. And hey, guys, they've been getting better and better. <laughs> I know for the last couple of years, <laughs> I've been getting them, and then Image I'm like... comics number ones are John's X-Factor. We've talked about that on the show before, right? Like, we... Basically, but they, they fool me by saying they're going to be an interesting, creative story, because I love creativity. <laughs> and when it sounds like it's going to be good, I'm like, all right, I'm there. Creativity and vulnerability, that's what he's looking for, ladies. Uh, and big boobs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I that wasn't a denial. <laughs> that was an affirmation of fact. Hey, it sounded like I like them all, big or small. <laughs> no, it's true because it rhymed. Uh, possibly. I'm sorry. What book? I'm looking forward to Rasputin number one. Ah, uh, uh, you love Rasputin. I do love Rasputin. <laughs> Uh, this is written by... Uh, you say Rasputin's in your book. John's going to buy it. Th- this is true. I, I like him. Mm-hmm. How many oh books boy. you with Rasputin in them? Um, quite a few. I have a t-shirt with them on it, too. See, you like was the a Christmas Rasputin one? Too, right? I love the old Rasputin. Mm-hmm. You got me. You put Rasputin on anything. Russian what if they River? make a Rasputin movie starring Jaden Smith? <laughs> um... Well, I just had a principal. I can't go see that. What? Oh, because you're only interested in the white Russian, not a black Russian? No, I'm, I'm only oh. interested in good actors. Oh. Why, that was a drink joke. Can't. No? No. Oh. Put your put your head on the microphone. Oh. Oh. Yes, thank you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Would you make Chris go. <laughs> I mean, that's a line that you've crossed, sir. Yeah, okay, talk to me, talk to me about this Rasputin. Uh, now get back to your though. thing. Hey, hey, who's writing and drawing this, John? Uh, it is going to be Alec, Alex Grecian as writer and uh, Riley Rosmo um, on art. And this is about Rasputin, but they preference this as Dracula comes to Downton Abbey, Paul. Oh, I love the Downton <laughs> Abbey. You love the Downton Abbey. And it's like they were like, hey... What's popular right now? Downton Abbey? Let's see. We're vampires. Let's be a year late on it. Let's and let's tie it into Rasputin. Let's be three years late on the vampire thing. Yeah. 
And uh, hey, uh, hey it's, it's working really well over there at Vertigo with uh, American Vampire. Yeah. Maybe they were thinking Dracula Untold was going to do better. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Did anybody tell us that was out? Uh, I think it opens this weekend. Oh, okay. I think it came out already, though. Did it come out last weekend? Who this weekend? So. You know why? Part, we're not doing a bracket. Really wants so to like, look it up, but then also part of me doesn't want to sacrifice the bandwidth and possibly get dropped from the show. Yeah, like, that's, okay. that's cool. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Okay, me either. It doesn't matter. Right. Uh, but looking forward to this book, because I like Rasputin. <laughs> and comic books. And comic books. He put the two together. How do you feel about Rasputin in the movie Anastasia? I thought he was good. He was voiced by Christopher Lloyd. Okay. Yeah. John Cusack's in that movie, too. And Kelsey Grammer. All-star cast right there. Can't think of who played Anastasia. It's a dream work. Well, it was, Come uh, to life. What's her name from Hall- Harry Met Sally? Meg Ryan? Meg Ryan. Oh. Good. <laughs> I did get dropped, but um, Dracula Untold came out October 10th. Um, so it's been out for like two weeks now. And was was Meg Ryan the voice of Anastasia? IMDb confirms it. Yeah. So very good. I was right about it, everyone. Click but here's the thing. Um, there is Dominic Cooper in Dracula Untold, and he plays Tony Stark's dad, Howard Stark. So that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's like a secret origin right there, isn't he? Also, he's also in. Uh, was we were supposed? To, you made a face like, oh, we were supposed no. to talk more about that. No, no. Do no. you want more about it? I was just trying to segue it to my book, which is Secret Origins oh, number no. six that came out last week. Uh, I'm, I wasn't done. Oh, you weren't done with I wasn't your Rasputin, done. Rasputin talk? <laughs> you, because that's the thing with Rasputin talk. God, you think he's die. dead, and then <laughs> and he comes back. <laughs> Nicely done, Chris. Exactly. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to eat your lunch. Go ahead. Now I'm done. It's your turn. Okay. <laughs> Secret Origin number six came out last week. But I did have more to say, but I'm I'm just gonna let it go. I'll let you. Really? You start talking about the animated Anastasia movie. Hey, you can poison me. You can shoot I'm sorry me. Talking about that though. <laughs> you can throw me off a bridge. You can't stop me from interrupting you. So you're not done. I'm done now. Are you sure? Yeah. My book was, you know, I, I I am going to be picking up Wonder Woman, but I talked about that last week. Flip flop. You're doing the flip flop. I'm doing a flip flop time, because time machine. Because they both have Wonder Woman on the cover. I got confused by which one was coming out when. Uh, this has got the secret origin of Wonder Woman, written by Brian Azzarello and art done by Cliff Chang. Uh, and I don't care about the other characters in this book. It's worth it to me just to pick it up because of that it's more now, more of that I, storytelling and you I already picked this up right no not yet because i don't sh- i shop for comics now once a month hmm. maybe twice a month hmm. yeah so i have oh yeah yeah give one me one. that mm-hmm. you did it for like three years <laughs> you'd be like i'll pick them up like next month my comics i was broke yeah well you know i don't i did the best i could paul it's like going online and just buying one comic book at a time. It's annoying to me. All right. I'm, I'm kind of sad Dracula Untold hasn't done better because supposedly this was going to be Universal setting up their own interwoven... Uh, Universal Monsters? Yeah. Hmm. That, like, that's supposedly what they were going to be doing with this. Oh, like, Which could have been cool. 
Black Lagoon un swan un unswamped. Well, this was this was just going to be like the first one. Like Dracula Untold was supposed to be like their Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's what they were going for. And that's a like, ballsy hey, move, calling anything my Iron Man. And <laughs> like, no, Iron Man was one of the biggest movies of all time. You can't just be like. The movie looked interesting enough. I would definitely it's, yeah, rent it's the it. One that I wouldn't mind watching. I don't know. I like um, the guy that plays Dracula. I don't know. Bella Lugosi? No, um, he plays. He plays the dad on. Uh, he plays Game Martha of Thrones. Bowman, too, in The Hobbit. Luke Evans. Yeah. Sorry, I had to come up. Oh. So, uh, Chris, you open up another beer yet, or? I did actually. Oh, good. What What are you drinking? Do you need a second to pour yours? Or you no, no. Wait, we're on to our third. So go oh, right gee. ahead. God damn. Um, well, well, we're splitting them, up. and they're, they're small. Yeah. I opened up a uh, Evil Twin Brewing Ooh. Imperial Biscotti Break. This is another one that I got for my birthday. So and John and I reviewed oh. this on the podcast. Yeah, you did. So thank you for this one as well. And this is an Imperial Stout that has been aged with coffee beans and natural flavors. And what do you think? Do you enjoy it as much as I did, and as much as I thought you would? I'm sorry. Like I literally just poured it out. Ah. Like I was reading it as I was pouring it, hence the me being like halting. I figured you were the drinking of the label. I think I, I figured you were drinking, so that's why I, you know, kind of long-windedly threw it back to you to give you time God, to drink. This is eleven point five percent. Yeah, it's hard to tell that though, right? Uh, that makes sense smooth. because it's distributed by twelve percent LLC. Um, oh, out of Brooklyn, New York. It is. You're looking at the bottle too. No. He just remembers because he liked it so much. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is like really, really good. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's expensive because it's an imported beer, but it's worth it for a friend. Yeah, oh, thank you, bud. It's true. It's really nice. It's it's got just like the nice sweet and like like the vanilla, and then it goes into like a coffee bean, and then at the very back end, I get. Like the stout, like I'm left with like that little bit of smoky on the smoky on the back of the tongue. Hmm. Sorry, I stumbled over my words because I was trying to taste it and talk at the same time. This is really good. It Thank is, you Paul. You're welcome. <clears throat> it's enjoyable. Yeah, that was that was kind of our point for you coming out. We made sure that we got all these great beers that we <laughs> yeah. we drank without you and felt really guilty about. <laughs> Because we're yeah that one especially I'm like ooh you know who would enjoy this oh my for this all right I, I need to talk about it a little bit more and use some nerd terms for it okay nerd it because up because it's like I take a sip and it's like a semi coming into my mouth and then all of a sudden it rolls out and it turns into Optimus Prime and then I get the stout on the back that oh this is beautiful. You taste the AllSpark, I understand. I do. I, I swear this is actually brewed with Energon because it brought <laughs> me back to life. Uh, it's a great beer. It really, really is. Wow. Sadly to like, say... I want to drink it more so it can be a part of me, but I also want to sip it, and I don't know how to make this happen. Mm. Well, at least you have a, a nice big bottle to drink. you got a bomber. So. You, you By can... yourself. I know. 
Uh, say no, the, but I, I share them with Lexi, so mm. she's going to have like a little bit of this too. Which right, give her a thimble through. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like Ed, this is a sipper for her because I want the rest. <laughs> Just growl at her. That's how you keep her. That's how you keep people. That's how you keep people away from beer that you want to drink. Uh, sadly to say, the two beers that we've had in between this uh, are not nearly as good as that. Uh, and I, we, I, I believe it though. We had a lunch from Main Beer Company. Uh, this is an Indian Pale Ale, and this is just that. Yeah, it's, it's an, an it's an it's an IPA. It, it's nothing out, nothing knocks our socks off about it. It's piney. I'm sorry, I, I need you just to like talk about this one more time so I can write it down for show notes. Reason, what's it called? Lunch. Lunch. And remember uh, earlier in the episode when I said, "Oh, I'm sorry, John. Did I eat your lunch?" That was going to be a segue to that. But you know, well, when he said that in the middle of the list, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who brewed this one? This was from Maine. Maine Beer Company. Okay, so everything we've had from Maine has honestly been like really hit or miss. Yeah. No, I would I would definitely say that. And what what's <clears throat> this beer supposed to be? An IPA. And it's just a uh, just a just an IPA. Yep. Just and it's all that. That's all it is. It's it's got a uh, nice punch of piney IPA nest up front and then it kind of is just really mellow on the back end and gone before you know it. The one thing I do like is they do say like drink within 90 days of the date stamped on here, which we are. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's meant to be you know, do not age, drink fresh. So what? I do I do like that about the company. We did drink it a little chilled, but I was thinking that it would best be, you know, well, there's still some in the bottle, so we can have some more. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's gonna help. It's not gonna help it. No, I, I can't remember which one I liked the most from them. If it was like the Mo or it was like the Old Tom. I think it's the Old Tom that we're supposed to like. I've had most, it. I've had know. it, and it's yeah, amazing. Like, but I we were supposed to be like one of these is amazing, and it was like, eh. and then the one I was like, wow, that's actually good. I think it's the Mo. The Mo is really good, and I had another one from them which is like outstanding. Uh, they also have the pepper <clears> something. Which has a frog kind of design on it. I don't remember. I think it's just called Pepper. Uh, I steer clear from Maine Beer Company, really. Mm-hmm. I, like We've never had anything that really knocks our socks off with them. Mm-hmm. And Mean Old Tom, I never have it good when I'm with you guys. It never tastes as good as that first time I had it, which it was a nice, like fresh bottle. Well, you always remember your first, John. hey And maybe it's just not as good with your friends not around you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, do you want to talk about Monk's Blood? Get this out of the way, too, while we're doing this, Paul? Uh, no, we got. To, we can uh, wait until we get into the main topic and do our <clears throat> beer then. You know, do a beer then, because we got so many TV shows to talk about. There's, this a, is true. there's a decent amount. Mm-hmm. But before I sit down and watch a TV show... I think I might try to read something. Oh, maybe a dramatic reading? And now, a dramatic reading from the Bagman Boardcast. From Zantana, number six, page... Johnny, three. Three, panel six. (laughs) It helps when you're not, like, on page seven, Paul. (laughs) Damn it, Z, what's going on? Wrap it up. And that was a... <laughs> no, it's fine. 
People know what it was. <laughs> Paul completely dropped the ball. And that was he's just our, Look, it's just I'm done. It's, six, it's, he's three. It's, just the whole attitude John was giving me. I'm just like, no. F you with your attitude I, over there. You're, sta- you're just like staring off into like nowhere. Don't care. Don't and, care. And, and, and I'm like, wrap it up. Rip it up, rip it up, rip it up. Do we want to redo the dramatic <laughs> No. We owe it to everybody. No, we don't owe it to anybody. It's fine. Hey, we might. Screw it. Do we, it live. We, we might owe it to someone who rated and reviewed us. Now we do that at the end. Why are you. Th- no, we, you, you bring it up before we do the main topic. All right. I uh, want to hear it now. Okay. Looking at it, it's uh, Top Notch by SMP42. One guess. <laughs> Everybody gets one guess at who it is. I, I know who it is. Okay. I don't want to give it away. Knowledgeable and by uh, done by an ampersand fun. Although I'm not big into comics, there's a lot to love about the trio on this podcast. The beer advice alone is totally worth it. Five stars. Well, thank you, SMP, for 42. the rating and also for the years of work that you put into the show. Yes. <laughs> Definitely the years and years of dealing with us is greatly appreciated. Does, mm-hmm. does SMP stand for Silent Mini Partner? <laughs> <laughs> Our silent maybe producer. <laughs> silent maybe, well, then comma producer, so silent maybe. Well, Am I allowed to give it away, do you think? I think we did. I, um, okay. I uh, trust yeah, our listeners. <laughs> that was a uh, rating from our old producer, Scott, who is also the person that set us up with our wonderful website over at baggingboard.com. Yeah. So, hey, thanks. And uh, he was a part of the show for like three years. Yeah. yeah, three years. And he just finally gave us a rating review. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing. Like, we always get to it. <laughs> Yeah, we just need to survive long enough for everybody that's been on the show to do it. Uh, we're looking at you, Ed. Ed gave we, us we one. We have oh. a lot of friends of the show that we could call on to be like, hey. We're looking at you, no, stupid one. Yeah. We're looking yeah. at you, Ben. Yeah, Ben. Um, we're looking Janet, at you, Lexi. Janet. Like, we, can, we can call on a yeah. lot of favors right now. But let's not do it all at once, because <laughs> I know how much you like it, Paul. I do enjoy them. It's... It could be like three even, weeks of awesomeness. Even though they are soul crushing sometimes. Like you could say that over like a year. <laughs> All right. I just hate you, that knitting podcasts have more well, ratings. Than we're doing really us. well. And hey, but Paul, we also have like four times the episodes they do. <laughs> yeah, that's not helping me at all uh you know that it's amazing to me the amount of listenership these knitting podcasts uh get but uh not as amazing as these comic book tv shows the ratings that they get you know what they're bringing in a lot of eyeballs gotham brought in 8.2 million eyeballs eyeballs you gotta say eyeballs then then you have i don't know how many people have just one eyeball when they watch it yeah but you segue into this with your eyeballs yeah but that's i that i that's beyond the point. 16.5, okay. give or take, million eyeballs. I'm just keeping you to what you said. Don't get angry at me. <laughs> no, He's trying it, really hard. It, that was with the season premiere, uh, the pilot. And John, Chris, and I, we all watched this pilot, and uh, what did we all think? Uh, Gotham. It was the first one to premiere, so let's start there, right? Uh, and Chris, why don't we go with you, because I think you're going to be a little more positive with uh, Gotham. Okay, um, 
you just really threw it on me because I will probably be a little bit more positive about it, but I don't think I'm going to be overwhelmingly positive about it. Um, what we have with Gotham over on Fox is this is Detective James Gordon coming into like his first year at the Gotham Police Department. And this is him being partnered up with Detective Bullock. And Bullock's not the most... Uh, even of cops. He's definitely a little bit crooked. But this is the two of them palling around, uh, being assigned random cases, and just how everything kind of factors into what Gotham will become from what we know in the comic books. It's good cop, bad cop, though. You gotta have that dynamic, you know? It's good cop, semi-bad cop, because Bullock's not, like, the worst person ever. Like, (laughs) he's definitely not on the straight and narrow, but... He's a cop that plays the game because that's how you survive in Gotham, is playing the game. Exactly. And the murder of the Wayne family is definitely what kind of sparks the, uh, like, the catalyst that sets Gotham down the darker path that we will eventually see it go to. Um... I I enjoy the show. I kind of liken this show to what Agents of Shield was at the beginning of its run. It's good, but it doesn't know what it's going to be yet, and it's trying to find its footing with each episode. How but many have you seen bright... so far? Sorry, what was that? How many episodes have you watched so far? Then I think four. Okay, I've watched everything that's come out up so to far. Arkham. So you've seen no, like there's one more after. Yeah, that. Viper. Viper. And then yeah, yeah that, so that's five episodes. Five, five, okay. okay, so Sorry, you've like, seen them all. I, okay. I watch them when they pop up on Hulu. So like it's when you watch stuff on Hulu, it's hard to remember like what you watch because I tend to binge watch. So I'll watch like the new episodes of whatever's been posted, plus maybe like four episodes of How I Met Your Mother over on Netflix, and then I'll jump to something else quick that I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um. But so I've, I've seen five episodes of Gotham, and this does have a full season order, so that's going to be 22 episodes, and I thoroughly enjoy it. And I don't want to take away from what this show is supposed to be, because this is the story of James Gordon coming to Gotham, and how he's that one good cop that's, you know, that shining uh, diamond in the rough almost. What's really selling the show for me is the stuff with the Penguin, as well as Bullock. Like, whenever Bullock's on screen, it's one of those moments you need to take notice of. Not because it's a big story point or anything, but Donald Logue as Harvey Bullock just... It's a lot of fun seeing him play that, not bad guy, but that kind of, like... Gruff cop. Like, that rough cop, like... Yeah, you know what? The alarm's going off at that store on the corner. But we're on lunch break. This place has the best burgers in Gotham. And, and you have Gordon be like, no, we're police. And then you got Bullock, but we're on break. And that's the fun of the show to me. And honestly, just seeing the Penguin with his rise to eventual power is a lot of fun for me because you just see this kid that knows how people play the game, learning to play the game himself. That uh, kind of seal what John was saying. Like, that's that's what's really hooking me into the show. And the, uh, they said that he was going to he steals the show. Um, 
And I th- while we're at this, we need to throw out the crazy, ludicrous... <laughs> I wanted to throw it out there at one point and be like, uh, do you think he's going to... There's these crazy internet rumors, Paul, okay. that uh, the Penguin is actually the Joker. And when you go, but he's Oswald Cobblepot, the internet rumor is saying he's mm-hmm. going to pay someone else to become Oswald Cobblepot. Cobblepot. Uh, because Cobblepot's supposed to be dead. He's supposed to be dead, so he's going to have this other person do that, and then he's going to become the Joker. Ah, which well, makes absolutely no sense. Well, the whole thing because by by the time like this article was posted online, like we already knew that everyone knew that Cobblepot, who is Cobblepot, was back in Gotham, like trying to like be low key like amongst the Gotham crime families. And like I can understand like the kid does have a good look mm-hmm. to be the Joker. But he also has a good look to be the penguin. He's just not obese yet. He's not fat yet. And that's why he was picked with that pointy nose of his, because he's got a pointy nose. Hey, penguin, right there. Yeah, but the Joker also has a very pointy nose. But uh, even before... So does the Riddler. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, almost all of them. Show. Uh, oh, that was awful. Uh <laughs> The, the one thing, there was an interview with the uh, creators, the writers, saying, hey, every episode we're going to throw one character at our viewers for this first half a season, at least. We have it written uh, where every, there's going to be one side character that could be the Joker. Uh, Just a completely I different kinda, one. Cause in the pilot, from, like, one of them. There was a pilot, there was a stand-up comedian. Yeah. yeah in the second episode, more. there was the, a character wearing a huge flower. On his, or, or something, and they listed off three or four of these characters that are in each sequential episode. That they said, yeah, we're we're going to keep on teasing it, but you'll never, we're we're, we're not going to do it, not for the first yeah, because I mean, you you would need you you would have to have the Red Hood gang, you mm-hmm. know, or I mean, oh, they can do whatever they're they tying want. into whatever. Yeah, they already are doing whatever. You know, they Renee want. Montoya is still, you know. Already up in the ranks and in and, and and this and, and crime unit and since you mentioned that that's the one thing that really kind of throws me off with this show and I know it's just a show really? and this is me nerd picking this but it's the timeline the timeline of where these all these people are and that you know you have another almost twenty years a little less than twenty years where it's going to be when Batman is in this city, which puts them all at like really old age, especially if Batman's supposed to be the guy that takes down Falcone. I, well, I he's 13, so why is, not say 10? That's a stretch. Because uh, the little wing kid is, what, thir- 12, 13, right? So 23 when Batman first yeah, shows he's, up? He's um, not like a little kid. I thought he was like 8. Nah, I think he's supposed to be like 12 or 13. Yeah, he's... Uh, right. the so, so you're thinking about ten or ten or twelve yeah. years then? Yeah. Okay. He's like early teens at the latest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still the timeline to me seems a little off. I would have liked this if this show was going on a few years before Bruce Wayne comes back to Gotham. I would be a little more happy with it, and you maybe see uh, Jim Gordon as. A guy, you know, is a rookie police officer 
being like one of the first at the scene, kind of like you have him with in the Dark Knight, where he's you know he's a guy in the blue, mm-hmm. gives him his coat and everything. I think I would be a little more happy with that, and then you don't really see Bruce Wayne again. But I mean, that's that's my nerd nitpicking with the timeline, and like yeah, young see, Cat Girl, Cat yeah, Woman. I, I had no issues with that, like. At the beginning, when they announced, like, oh, and you know what, we'll have Selena Kyle in it, like, I was like, okay, at this point, they're just trying to throw whatever they can in. Mm-hmm. I actually really like the young uh, Selena Kyle, like, in the background of the episodes, just like, Slushing. watching what's going on in the city. And then you have, like, one episode that's kind of tied to her a little bit more, where they're trying to clean up the streets of, like, the vagrants and, uh, well, they're, bring, they're bringing him to the toy maker, doll yeah. man or something. Um, and when you brought up Montoya, that was kind of like one of those like, oh, you know what? That made me happy things while you went a little bit more like, I didn't like that. And they brought uh, Crispin, too, her partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like seeing Montoya and Alan together. And this is yeah. just from loving GCPD when that was coming out. Yeah, the time. two of them working together in um, major crimes. But they're that, that's that's awesome having right. them in their own corner of this. And they're the good they're the good cops. They're and they're the good cops, but nobody believes they're the good cops because they're like they're digging too deep, you know. They're almost internal affairs, and you know that's the kind of feeling that I, the kind of resentment I feel like from yeah. the regular cops versus them. Oh, they're major crimes. They're they're the flashy ones. They're the ones that. But I, it could have been because I wasn't paying that much attention to, like the pre, premiere stuff. Like I didn't know we were going to have Montoya and Allen in the mm-hmm. show. Uh, I didn't know either. I I perked up when I heard their names. Yeah, exactly. Like, when I saw them, I was like, "The one thing." Oh, really? They're doing this? Like that was cool. Like that was one of those little hooks for me. I, I enjoyed them being there, but I'm like, really, you're gonna do the love triangle with, you know, Barbara, Barbara Gordon and Renee Montoya? You're gonna throw that? See, like I'm like, how many storylines are you gonna throw at me in this uh this uh, pilot? Like it's. It was kind of daunting. I think a lot of that is just trying to sell, like, hey, this is a dark city, but it's... Populated with people. Exactly. It's it's darker than you know because of everyone having their own story. Mm -hmm. And I feel at this point they've played that hand because now Gordon knows about the history between Montoya and, like, Barbara Gordon, like, or whatever her... Barbara... Blank. Yeah. I don't uh, know her, Barbara. Her name oh, is. it's because it. Some people were saying that maybe she's going to be Batwoman. Uh, <laughs> what's the name? Um, darn it, I can't think of it. it starts with a B. So, okay, never mind. Oh, uh, are you thinking Purcelli? No. Kate. Uh, you're thinking the redheaded Batgirl from or Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Kane. Kane. Yeah, it's Barbara really? Kane. Interesting. I. Oh, and that's one of the things like I never thought or considered that or read that anywhere mm-hmm. like that could be interesting like not that that's going to play into the show long picture but as a fan of the comic books like that's that kind of thing like 
It's like, oh, that's a cool little nod to the comics. Like, I never even it, thought of that. There were some nods there's, in the there's show. Lots of, there's lots of nods. And then there's some, like, uh, headbutts. Yeah. The Enigma uh, scene, headbutt. Yeah. And the first, I, he's in the first two I episodes. Like I like Edward, uh, Edward Enigma. Enough with your puzzles, Enigma. Uh, headbutt. But you have to think, too, like, you're watching that as a comic book fan, like, not as that person that has, like, that passing knowledge. Yeah, I think nobody, the, uh, the like, people who I've talked to, and I've said, like, oh, yeah, and the Riddler, like, who's the Riddler? I's like, are you, really? are you kidding me? Yeah. Were you not hit like, by a two-by-four at that point? Normal like, person on the street's not going to know, like, Edward Nigma is the Riddler, so. But the guy telling riddles. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And saying, stop with your riddles, Nigma. <laughs> Uh, That's for that person uh, that doesn't read the comic books. I'm. Um, it might have been a little bit heavy-handed at the beginning mm-hmm. there, but every time I see that guy show up in the episode, I'm like, I like him. He's like that kind of snivelly weird that you get from the Riddler in the comics. Because he always wants to prove mm-hmm. like that he knows a little bit more than you, so he's just kind of like posing those questions, like. And did you know there's only one company in Gotham that makes this drug? Well, even um, like it's he's o- chemical. He's only like in the first two first two episodes, and I just watched the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of allowing myself to build up some backlog of this on Hulu to kind of watch them all at a time and maybe get more into it. But I fo- I found myself really hard. Getting into this series. Oh, okay. It, I'm glad you you know finished well, that yeah. sentence. Because I'm like, I, John, I've it's just been really hard for me to to really get into it. I don't. I think the guy that plays Gordon is good, but he there's nothing about Gordon in this that interests me. Like, yeah, he's the good cop, but he's not doing anything that seems but like also, I'm being the good cop and bringing justice it's like he's failing constantly like at least in well, the that's, pilot that's like, Gordon in Gotham City in the Batman comics to begin with like you only have that affinity to Gordon because you've seen him for your entire life standing on that rooftop next to the bat signal he needs to be somebody that Batman will respect though and right now he's just this kind of but you, do-gooder, you, you do-gooder, do get more of that like a bumbler in, in the show like you have him constantly going back to Wayne Manor because not only he made that promise to Bruce Wayne that he would find out who's responsible for this but just because the Wayne family is tied so much to what was going on in Gotham he needs that information and there is a respect there like hmm. He's constantly going back because that's who the character is. He cares about the city. He is that straight and narrow cop. And you see it when they're doing like those big like sweeping mm-hmm. establishing shots at like the police department. Like he's the only person actually like they're working. I've only seen the pilot, so, you know, he definitely comes off more so. At least the pilot is a bumbling do-gooder. Like, he ran headlong, and he's ended up uh, on uh, Fish Mooney's meat hooks. 
Yeah. Oh, Fish Mooney. We didn't talk about her at all. Another Smith. Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> this is this is the like episode to listen to if you are a fan of the uh, Fresh Prince and Beyond. Uh, she is definitely a scenery chewer when yeah. she's on scene. Oh yeah. But I kind of enjoyed that about her. Like you know, I, I think I like her. she needs to be that over the top yeah. gangster. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. It's like nope, she's the you know, like the old school uh, private eye kind of a villain. You know, like. She was a dame, a dame that had yeah. legs that went all the way up. She needs to be trying to steal the Maltese and all Falcon the way now to her feet. Like every and scene that she's in, I'm just like, she's not going to be around after like this season. And it's not just because she's trying to make those plays against the family, and it's probably a little bit more than they have in their budget for. Mm-hmm. But it's like I know. You know, when you're thinking about the original crime families in Gotham, you think the Falcones, and that's it. And the fact that she's trying to take out Carmine Falcone, like, you know, it's not going to work out. Well, that's why there's an internet rumor that says she's going to be the Joker. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, sir. So, like, she's probably my least favorite part of the show and it's not because like she's the original character that they created for it it's nothing to do with Jada Pinkett it's just the fact that they're trying to sell her as this power player in Gotham and like I know it's not going to work out she's the like, level everything one you're boss, seeing her do yeah. like every little victory isn't gonna like matter to anything and she really hasn't had any victories you know, in the episode, in the in the three episodes I've seen, she figures out that Cobblepot is a snitch real quick. She yeah. she figured that out, but basically her victories are just avoiding suspicion when something happens to take out Carmen Falcone because she wants control of but, crime in Gotham. But at the same time, he knows what she's doing, and then he what he kills her uh, her boyfriend or beats the crap out of him. Yeah, but that's just some dude to her. Like, and and but here's the thing: like, that's a victory for her. Is like, oh, like I don't care, mm-hmm. and that doesn't sell it. To but me. she did care. But she didn't. Like later on, like next episode, there's literally no mention of that. No, they do. Um, at one point, somebody goes, "Oh, I heard your boyfriend got beaten up," or uh, Falcone, you know, Falcone uh, roughed up your boyfriend. Like, they do yeah. reference it. But she doesn't care. She acts like she doesn't care, but then they have a moment where she's like... But here's the thing. Looking like, sorrowful. Like, hmm. The next episode after that, she's like... Um, interviewing people like, work at the club to help take out Falcone. And there's literally no mention of that guy. Uh, so we're past the pilot on this. You guys want to move on to a different pilot? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like pilots. I like pilots. Uh, what was the next one to air? Was it? Uh, it would be, would have been uh, the Flash. It would have been Flash. Uh, Garrett something. What's his name? Grant Gustin. Grant Grant Gustin starring as the Scarlet Speedster himself. Barry Allen caught in a lightning storm caused by a super collider malfunction. Article. Particle, particle accelerator, accelerator. Not, not a particle collider. Okay, 
Um, I think not a particle collider. Uh, and gains super speed. Uh, and this is definitely the new 52 kind of origin story of the of Barry Allen, where he witnesses the murder of his mother by a guy in a ball of lightning, which is yep. Professor Zoom. <laughs> okay, the reverse flash. Or, you know, one of the two. One of the other. Mm-hmm. And, uh... And his dad is wrongfully accused of the murder, and he is obsessed with signing, uh, finding out uh, all that he can about uh, crime, and that's why he becomes a forensic scientist and works for the Central City Police Unit as a junior forensic scientist, but also the only forensic scientist. <laughs> he's, 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 he's got his own big office, and he's got this yeah huge loft. Office uh, the, during the pilot, I'm like, well, that's where he lives. Office is like the whole top floor. I'm like, that's where. That, oh, this must be his apartment, and he kind of works out of his apartment. Maybe he's like a weird contractor, like you know, just kind of contracted out to do this stuff. Uh, you know, budget cuts and everything. You can't have somebody on high on the payroll. Nope, nope. That's that's not his house. That's that's where he's living. It's it's just his office. Uh, for, Pretty I've, much. I watched the first two episodes. I have not seen where he lives. Uh, but, well, that's uh, that's where he, I, I, that's where he got hit by lightning. Is where he lives. Mm. No, that was the office. No, that was the office. No, because he has his it secret. Is. He has his secret. Like behind that he map is where he has the thing that it's like. Uh, no, that's at, all the, that's the that's what he wants. Yeah, that's what like, he that's works behind at. Behind the maps that he yeah. has, that's his Google twenty five percent project. Why would you be so silly to have your strings of uh, no, mystery behind a, a map? Case. He says it's a cold case. It's, it you is. Know, he's working like, on it. And they've it's, acknowledged that on the show. Like that's at his office. I think he lives with the West, uh, or not the West? Yeah, I don't think he still lives with the West. Well, maybe they just haven't talked about it, but. <laughs> He says he'll Those are run. the only two scenes you see outside the action. <laughs> the only thing I know is that he says that he'll run home real quick and change while he's standing in that office. So he's not living there. And why wouldn't it's it's his like side project, you know, that he's working on on, on the side. And now Joe West knows about it in the second episode, and he says that he'll help him out. Uh I enjoyed this quite a bit more than I think I should. Because there's a lot of scenes in it that are emotionally, like, poignant, that sometimes I'm like, oh, they earned that scene. And then other times I'm like, ooh, they are just, ooh, this is WB, or CWing it right now. Uh, I would say in a way, but it's nowhere as bad as it ever got yeah. on uh, Smallville. Yeah, yeah. But it does have a little bit of moments, but... I love the dynamic right now between uh, uh, Barry and... Iris and Eddie Thorne, <laughs> which is right, right. That's Thane. Thorne. Thorne. Yeah, that's yeah. Professor Zoom, <laughs> but not Professor Zoom yet. But who knows? Because the guy in the wheelchair, he stands up. I don't know. <laughs> if you keep watching, Paul, like it's all directly related to him. Uh, yeah, we've to build Barry. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's in trying yeah, yeah, to protect yeah. him, trying to get yeah, him to be the hero. Yeah. Um, well, that's Reverse Flash, then. Yeah. Reverse Flash wants to make him a better hero, and Professor Zoom was just 
hates Barry Allen. Yeah. So who knows where it's all going to go. Um, but I really, I, re- I really like this series. Um, it is my second favorite up until the other day. It was my favorite, but now it's my second favorite new comic book series on TV. Um, but I really like it. It's it's fun. It's dealing well with these superheroes. I really like that they have um, the original Flash from the 90s. Um, John Wesley Ship. John Wesley Ship yep. as Barry's father. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, That's fun. And then they're going to have uh, Amanda Pays, who played Tina McGee, in the series, coming back to play her own character that she was in the original series. That's awesome. Um, and she's going to be around for a while. She's right now. She's been uh, appeared in ten episodes. So we got. I, uh, go ahead, Chris. I'm really enjoying the show, and like we kind of like touched on and off about this over the past couple weeks, talking about the show because somehow the Flash always comes up. This is everything I want from. Not just a Flash TV show, but I would want in a Flash comic book. And I attribute a lot of that to just to vibe. Dustin playing the character. Because the way he plays Barry is just so likable. Mm-hmm. Like You can't help but appreciate him as his character. And as much as I'm looking forward to seeing the different rogues pop up here and there, like we've gotten Weather Wizard already, and like... Uh, we may have seen like a Professor Zoom Reverse Flash type character appear already, without giving too much away for Paul, who you know hasn't seen more of it. Um, Not that far behind. I'm only what two th- episodes behind. Well, them? I think one episode. Uh, I've seen two. I, I I've seen the one with are. Multiplex. Yeah. So you're dismissing okay. this latest one with the Mist. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Do they but say then, like, Opal? Next week's episode. No. Has... Uh, they don't talk about you. What? But the mist comes from yet. where? I'm just talking about from what I've seen post online. It has Captain Cold in it and oh, Heatwave. Like, yeah. yeah, there's a picture of the two of them walking together. Uh, during the one episode, uh, the second episode, where he's saving people from a burning building, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a Heatwave episode. And then <laughs> it wasn't. And I'm like, multiplex. Like, what? <laughs> it's breaking the end slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I'm and, like, and I'm like, um, I don't know if you guys saw, but also, like, Jeff Johns was talked to about Flash, and he's like, I think it's so cool that, you know, we're going to be doing Gorilla Grodd in an episode of a TV show. Like, that's never been done before. And uh, then... That was one of the moments I'm like, oh, come on, don't be CW. When they walk past the cage, when they it's, oh, like, are you kidding bro- me? broken open, and it says Grodd. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Come on! I had that was as I bad had, as the Justice Society episode. I had a, of Smallville. I had a grin on my face, and I was watching yeah. it with my girlfriend. And I grabbed her arm, and I was like, "You don't know what this means." Oh, uh, like, later that, on, we're going to talk about this kind of scene again, and I'm going to be just as upset about it. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, and then Jeff Jones was like, "Like, I can't believe we're actually able to do this. Like, they are doing a Flash show, like Super Speedsters." Psychic gorillas and like hot and cold guns, and I can't wait. I mean, I, like to the max. I I can't believe how well the Speed Force works on TV. Like when they show him zipping through the city, zipping through yeah. the city's great. 
there's some scenes where I'm like, ooh, that just doesn't look quite right yet. You know, it's like, they don't have it. Like, when they have the, like, camera right in front of him when he's going around. Spoilers for the first episode. Uh, when he's running in the opposite direction of the tornado. When it's that's a not pull- really a spoiler because they yeah. had that in the trailers for yeah. the show. When they pull out and they just show the, like, lightning bolt kind of thing, I'm like, okay, that looks cool. When they show a camera, like, pointed at him and he's just kind of, like... Running towards the camera, I'm like, that looks so lame. But that's also that's also that pilot horrible. created yeah. second episode m- months ahead, like when it, he's on the treadmill, like when it, he's just kind of. But he's on the treadmill. Yeah, it's not yes, cosmic. He's on the treadmill. He's on the treadmill though, and it's, it's not like cosmic. Oh, I souped it up, and I'm like, oh, cosmic treadmill. It's not cosmic. Yeah, it's it's not a cosmic treadmill, but. As but, soon as you see that treadmill, I yeah, I was excited. Cisco's like, yeah, no, don't worry. Don't call him Cisco. Call him Vibe. No, his name is Cisco. No, he, no. He's not Vibe yet. He's not Vibe. vibe. He's not. Yeah, yeah. So she, and Killer Frost. Every t- I'm yeah, like, her name's Caitlin Snow. She's yeah. not Killer Frost. I know, but they're like, some people, you know, are sometimes people are broken and they just stay broken, and other people heal better than they are. And they like. There's knowing looks to Kate to uh to Killer Frost, and I'm like, man, why aren't they just going to reveal that already? Like, well, because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it has happened, and like just in the last episode, and they're we like, were, uh, we're looking for other metahumans. Knowing looks between Vibe and Killer Frost, and I'm like, <laughs> well, in the last episode, they give away uh her fiance Robbie Raymond, who becomes Firestorm. Yeah, they just said, hey, that's Ronnie. Yeah, in the uh, second episode, yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, he's missing. Yeah, he no. Uh, the phrase is yeah. He's missed. Like they. Yeah. He, uh, oh, you find cool. out in the third episode what happens to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, he is and that's part of what I really enjoyed about this, because as much as Arrow kind of plays with like being part of the DC universe, I I feel while Arrow plays Flash Revels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you get a lot more of those. Well, can we talk about that scene it, real quick? It, fit, I, it fits more with Flash than it does with Arrow because Arrow is so much more grittier than what the mm-hmm. Flash is in, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, it works better with the Flash. And also, the Flash has a different tone than Arrow. Mm-hmm. It really does. It it's a lot more fun, and while there's still shit going on, it's still lighthearted. Yeah. There's Which that is what scene. I like about the Flash comic. There's that scene between uh, Arrow and and the Flash, and I'm like, oh my goodness, they just wanted this to be Batman and Superman right now. Because they actually say, like, you can soar above the city and be a guardian angel. And I'm like, yep, yep. He uh, wishes he well, was Batman, that, and he that, wishes he was that Superman. That scene was a little cheesy. It was no, a little, here's the thing. It's a Batman-Superman like, dynamic right there that they're playing <laughs> off for the Flash and Green Arrow. Here's the or thing, I'm though. Sorry, I'm going to throw this out there. Go ahead. Or, I'm sorry, the Red Streak and Arrow. The Hood. They oh, call him the Hood. The Hood and um, the Red Streak, and the Blur hasn't shown up yet. They call him the... Yeah, the, the, the Blur doesn't exist yet. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens Small when we get the Supergirl show. Mm-hmm. Um, I started Lexi with watching Arrow because I was like, this is something that I'm going to watch. I think she'll dig it. Kate likes so uh, I, the Flash so far. We've watched I, both I episodes. I started her together. watching Arrow leading up to getting into the Flash, and there's just there's not enough time to completely catch up on Arrow. Mm-hmm. 
but she she has like a semblance and a relationship with the characters. And then we started watching Flash when that premiered. So when uh, Green Arrow shows up in the Flash, she's like, they know each other? <laughs> like, that was that moment for her that mm-hmm. almost sold that, like, expanded universe. And since then, it's like, how do they know each other? Like, n- and now that we're further into, like, um, Arrow, she's like, when does the Flash show up? Like, she really enjoys the Flash. And she saw a trailer for one of the upcoming episodes of Flash that has Felicity in it. And I'm excited to watch it. And very excited to watch it. The curly-haired girl? Felicity? No, No, from from, Arrow. From Arrow. Oh. Um, Like, from the 90s show of Felicity? And that's the thing. Like, Paul, you're equating that to, like, the Batman-Superman thing. But Mm -hmm. for someone who's not so vested and, like, ingrained in that Mm -hmm. universe, like, that crossover is, like... Oh my god. But come on, you like, could totally see that, that conversation going on between Batman and Superman, right? But this is that Agent Coulson appearing in Iron Man and then popping up later in Thor. Like mm-hmm. this is that tenuous string being drawn between everything. That that's selling it. And even Jeff Johns, like when he was talked to recently, like after he mentioned Gorilla Grodd was to- like he said like you know what, we're not going to totally discount that, you know, Green Arrow's not going to appear later in a movie. But we're going to say, like, hey, you know what, we might have a multiverse appearing. Mm-hmm. So you can have those different aspects of the characters, which, that just push it even further into that comic book universe. Well, we already know that at the very end of the first episode, we get the Red Skies in Crisis. It says... Flash disappears in latest crisis, and then uh, the next high, uh, headline, the next biggest high li- headline is uh, Red Skies Appear All Over the World. Next biggest high, uh, headline was Wayne Tech something something. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I do like is, like, in the premiere episode of Flash, he goes and sees Oliver, and then in the Arrow episode... He receives that phone call and he says, I'll be right back. And he leaves to go have the conversation with the Flash. So he's in mm-hmm. he's in the Flash or the Arrow episode. And I wish those two episodes had been aired opposite almost. Because when you're seeing the Flash first, he's already talking to Oliver Queen. And then the next day when you see Arrow, you're watching Oliver talking to Flash on the phone. And I think it would have been a little bit better payoff if you had seen the phone conversation first versus the two of them on a rooftop in yeah. Starring City. It's also weird, like, the latest episode of Arrow has Felicity going, like, my friend just came out of a coma and then yeah. leaving. But it's like, you're five episodes in, the other one's three episodes in, like, the it's really askew. And especially uh, since time machine or cosmic treadmilling, whatever right, you want to call it, and it like flashes like the day before Arrow too, so that throws it off too a little bit. So it's not as yeah. good of a one for one as Angel and Buffy was during. Yeah, the- it's not like one's airing at eight and the other one's at I nine. I've never seen those episodes. <laughs> it's all right, Paul. <laughs> You're okay. I, I you still made that reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next series. And I'm I'm guessing I'm going to guess that this is Go, John's favorite. Guess, ball. Uh, Constantine over on NBC, which was available on Hulu before the premiere. Was it really? Yeah, really? I watched it. Uh, not 
I watched it on Saturday, but before eight o'clock. I watch. I'm like, huh? Oh, we, as soon as I loaded up Hulu Plus, it was there. It's like watch the season premiere, and I'm like, sure, I will. So it was there before. Because I didn't watch it at night. I watched it in the morning. No, a lot of times it's just the next day. Like if it airs on Wednesday, it'll when did be Constantine air, though? Friday. Oh, okay. So I watched it on. Okay. I thought it was airing that night. No, it's on Fridays. It's actually oh, the okay. um, oh, the follow-up show to Grimm, mm, which okay. I think is actually oh, a pretty good lead-in to it. Oh, it's a great lead-in to it. Like, I think that's one of those things, like... The guy that's Friday? sitting in front of, like, the giant magnetic board with the days of the week and the shows in front of him is like, show Grimm mm-hmm. and then Constantine. And then he, like, pushes his chair back and is like, masterpiece. Yes. Because <laughs> they, they, they work well in succession. Mm-hmm. I watched it. And you couldn't see it, but, like... I mimed like I was pushing myself back from the wall in a wheelchair and then looking at my programming schedule and I was like, this works. <laughs> and why does it work? What is Constantine? Because we've all seen Grimm. John, do you want to? Uh, Constantine. Maybe. Constantine uh, follows John Constantine, who uh, when the store store the the, the story store? opens the when- show. I was mixing story and show. Oh, okay. I was thinking you were saying when the store opened. Uh, when the there was candy show bars to be had. when the show opens, uh, you have John Constantine, uh, master of the dark arts. He needs to get his, new that's cards. That's on his business card. Um, has checked himself into uh, in the same asylum. Insane asylum in Northern England after uh, after what has happened in Newcastle. Which is a, a huge turning point and made reference throughout the comic books to one of the reasons why he does a little more good than evil. Still a complete bastard. Uh, but you find this character having to go and find the daughter of a fallen friend and try to protect her and save her from a demon. Mm-hmm. He, at the point where the show opens, he's like, no, I need to be done with this life of being an I, exorcist. And I want to forget it all. Mm-hmm. Your job, I checked myself into this hospital because you're supposed to convince me that I was insane to believe this. That this was all stupid. Uh, this is what I believe. And he's, they're like, it's not real. And he's like, yeah, now make me believe that. Like, that's no. why I'm paying you. Uh, but unfortunately, one of his old mates uh, possesses a girl and tells him that he needs to be doing something else. And uh, and, and when when that happens, that whole like he walks up, sees the woman's pre- possessed. Mm-hmm. Nope, not interested. Walks about five steps mm-hmm. away, then bollocks, and then turns around to be. John Constantine. I am addressing the entity inside of you. And um, kind of cool. Yeah, I, I. If this was, if I only got this one episode, mm-hmm. I'd be happy. I was happy. I was after I watched this. I was driving away. Uh, I was driving to breakfast with my girlfriend, and I turned to her and said, "Like, I'm just happy that that existed." <laughs> uh, it's it's everything you want from. Like John Constantine, like it's a little bit more like PG thirteen than you would expect it to be, but 
it has like the boiled down like essence <laughs> of what Hellblazer is. Yes, uh, I would agree wholeheartedly. Um, it also like I went and looked, and I just had this giant stack of Hellblazer trades. And I was like, I should really break those out and read those for some reason. Mm. I really want to. Um, and like all the bugs, this is getting into the minutia, but like when all those bugs are being drawn to um, the entity in the insane asylum, first first issue of John Constantine, Hellblazer, he fights a monster made of bugs. Like, And I was like, oh, is that where they're going with this? So I've been pleasantly surprised while watching it. Well, all those, well, so those like little knots for you. You get him being like, hey, what are you drawing there, love? You really should uh, stop painting that. Uh, like, for your like, own sake. And then he starts walking and he's like, no, I can't let, I can't leave this alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this was kind of like moving into, you know, being the uh, follow-up after Graham. Like, this was a lot darker than I would have expected it to be. But I'm glad it was, because that's what you need it to be, but... <laughs> that one like season... That dark, one uh, scary... This is yeah. like a straight-up horror show, while Grimm has that, you know, a little bit of lightness and humor to it at times. Like, this is just straight-up dark. Yeah, what, uh, the one scene, listeners, if you haven't seen it, you won't understand what I'm saying until you see it. The uh, the scene with Nan, she's combing the ghost. Oh yeah, 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 the yeah, hair yeah. of her mother with and the then, grandma, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yep, horror. I'm like, oh, this might be nice. Oh, she can talk, maybe she can talk to. Them. Nope, nope. Well, even the part with um, I feel bad because I, I watched this the other morning before I had to go to work. The uh, like the girl Friday character, like. When her room in, oh, the, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. in like the coroner's van, <laughs> he opens that, it up and she's like, not there. That's darker than I thought they would go. Like this is NBC. Like I'm gonna watch <laughs> Parks and Rec like a week from now. Like yeah, but they also have Dracula and Hannibal and the Blacklist and yeah, but that's not all on NBC. Isn't that all NBC? Blacklist no. is CBS. Oh, okay. Hannibal, I think, is ABC. Dracula is Paul NBC. Just basically no, I think Dracula was also shows. on ABC. Really? No. What? Yeah. Um. But with it just premiering, like we have, it hasn't been picked up for a full run, and I'm waiting for that moment that it does. Um. Just every every little bit of thing, and like every time you see him playing with the lighter, mm-hmm. to me that's like. That's when he should be. He's supposed to be smoking, as John Constantine. And obviously, you can't okay, yeah. you can't show him smoking. But every time I saw him playing with that lighter, it would be that spot where he's leaning against a car. He'd be smoking a fag. I love the old school uh, cab. Cab. Yeah. I yeah. Just love it. Yeah. I I like seeing Chaz show up. Yeah, that guy's perfect for Chaz too. And Matt Ryan is just like perfect as. Oh John man, too, he. Like, He's he is perfect for it, and I have to say, like to um, Harold Perrineau, like I don't know what angel he's playing. I can't remember. Like I don't even know if they gave his name. But uh, he just calls himself Manny. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, like I I hated him on Lost. Like I liked Michael's character. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Like, is he looking for Walt? He, he's 
He's just there throughout everything. Um, I, I like seeing him pop up as that angel. Like when John's doing something, and then like all of a sudden, just like, boom, here he is. <laughs> it, it sells the show to me. Like I can see John interacting with you know demons and stuff here and there. Like both sides trying to play him. That's what sells it to me as like Hellblazer show. Yeah, even more so than I got in the movie with. Um, Keanu Reeves, like Keanu Reeves with like Tilda Swinton like popping up, like his, yeah, as Gabriel. I, I this has everything, and it does have those homages and references to that bigger DC universe too, with like Doctor Fate's helmet. That is yeah. the headbutt. That is not. Oh homage. come on, come on! That was no. as bad as the garage. Nobody, nobody knew who no. that was, and everybody picking, knows. Nobody knows who that is. Yeah. And, like, just covered in dust, that helmet there, I was like, like put oh, it down before that. it puts you down. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and what's great is, like, you're going to see Papa Midnight in the series. Uh, Jim Corrigan is going to be in the series. Like, it's uh, going to be interesting. There was a lot of stuff in this, uh, the pilot episode. I haven't watched anything else. I don't know if anything else No, that's it. Yet. That's it premiered yeah. Friday. That's why we waited till today okay. to do this. Yeah, because uh, this is, like, the last show that premiered. Like, where, where they kept on throwing out stuff that are questions that, like, well, he could have easily answered it instead of just being like, oh, if you, no, it's good. If you're confused, it means, if you weren't confused, it means you weren't paying attention. And it's like, uh, I'm just, you know. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that like, is. Oh, why, why is Chad still alive? Well, you know, you. If you yeah, if you weren't confused that's, by that, okay, you weren't that's paying him attention. Like talking to this girl that just entered into this world, like that's him yeah. just being like, "This is how shit is." <laughs> that's why he's my oldest friend. Yeah, he's a survivor. <laughs> like this is a show that I watched, and I want to sit down and watch again. Like, yeah, I he- watched the premiere for like The Flash. Really enjoyed it. I watched the premiere for Gotham, liked it enough to be like, yeah, you know what? I'll keep watching this. I want to sit down and rewatch this just to see like what I missed. No, I no, I feel the exact same way. And um, the other thing is, is if I hadn't watched this, being a fan of Constantine and Hellblazer, just being a fan of like horror and magic and stuff, watching it, I would have been like, magic with a K. I. Uh, yeah, I would have been like, oh yeah, I'm down for this. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. the one thing they could sell me is if Zantana pops up somewhere. I'd really love for that to happen. Yeah. Um, which, which who knows? Like we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show. Like we may not see a Justice League Dark movie for years. Like you sow those seeds into Constantine, it could fit. Oh yeah, uh, talking about that. It- is who's the person doing all the sketches at the very end? Um, she is going to be the person taking over for the actress that is not, not coming be. back as Liv, mm-hmm. who, when they shot the pilot, was all set to do that, and then either they cut her or other things came up, mm-hmm. and she wasn't able to come back to the series when it was picked Actually up. Picked up. Um, yeah, I, I could kind of, I kind of felt like that scene in the bar was kind of like. Yep, she's gone. Yeah, that was like, them. Jazz comes in, and it's like, yeah, this seems like it was added. It was, yeah, it was added towards the end there. And it's like, uh, hurry up, write a scene, explain I, it away. I'm gonna throw this out there too, and you know, you you could think I'm wrong. 
I would be okay with John losing his side character like every two or three episodes. Oh yeah, I don't like, make like him make like them the doctor that needs someone to oh, keep companions. him grounded. Mm-hmm. I think he's just going to get that hanger on. That's like oh, what, you're he needs somebody. I, I need somebody that could be the audience though. Yeah, that's and yeah. that's and mm-hmm. that's the same way I explained that character to my girlfriend this morning when we watched it is like she's the one that you're following and learning about these magic. It's like Harry in the Harry Potter series. Yeah. He's the one being explained what's going on, who this is, what mm-hmm. this magic is doing. That's why you need that character. You need that person and for she is, the job. Yeah. She is a character also from the series. Like the person that draws, you know, sees the future and draws it or has that connection and it's something from Hellblazer. Um, the other thing I heard is it's going to be that this series is going to be connected kind of closely to the Alan Moore saga, the Swamp Thing, where it is the first appearance of Constantine. So there could be a Swamp Thing in this series. I think if they get picked up is Alan Holden is when you're going to see that, which again connecting to. Justice, Justice League Dark. Dark. Yep. Yeah. And that dude is just perfect. Ca- you couldn't recast Constantine any better than that guy. Yeah, he's he sells it. Like, <laughs> he does so well. Like, you just look at him and you're like, yep. He's a blue. That's John. He's, he doesn't come off quite the bastard. Bastard. He comes off as a blue collar, like, working guy that's, I have to deal with this because, well, I have to. I, I, I have to deal I with that. I have to deal with that. And that's, that is Constantine. I don't want to, but that I'm is the only one. Constantine's, that is Constantine. And the only mm-hmm. thing is, is to make sure that this is done, I have to sacrifice my rook. I have to allow you mm-hmm. to fall. He doesn't like it. He ignores that he did it. But he does do it. And he does it quite often. He's less bastard. He's that more what you've got in the new uh, DC, that little more... He's a bastard, but he's more charming. Mm-hmm. He, he's a termish rogue instead of... Uh, the thing is, I was kept on waiting for is like, oh, he's going he's gonna to be able to like make a deal between like a couple things. Like I was kind of expecting him to actually make a deal with the angel. See, I, I want to... Or make a deal with the demon... To kind of like knock out the whole thing that he's going to hell. I don't know. I, I want to see more of him as a person before you get him as a character. Like you sell me him like halfway through the series making the deals, and it's at that point they're like, "Oh, he's not a hero. Mm-hmm. This guy's a dick." Like, <laughs> no, like, but that's no, that's no, I, like, no, I, like, I'm laughing because I agree with you. Like, nobody you, can collect you, on you his show soul him because as, like, that reluctant hero. But then it's also like, no, this he's only looking out for himself. And he's trying to just play the people that are trying to play him. Like, mm-hmm. fuck this guy. Like, that's what I want from a Constantine show. Yeah, that's what I want from a Constantine movie. That's what I want from a Constantine comic. And I think it's hard, like a show wise, to do that. Yes, it would be great if it was on HBO or Showtime. You probably would have that, but with on NBC, you're going to have them a little more likable. You're not going to get that complete bastard. But as much as I'd like a complete bastard, you give me pseudo bastard. <laughs> I I could be good with it. Like. 
at the end of the season, or you know, however however many episodes we're gonna get, you get him selling out the girl that's following around, following him around, just being like, he turns like the angel, like, what do you expect? You, yeah. you got me. Like you sold it. Show could end at that point. You did it. Yeah. Good job. Well, and you get that a little bit when he gets the he gets the guy the professor or whatever it is at the college Dan, to Dan help Faraday? him. Yeah, when you go, uh, Wait, what's his name? No, it's uh, it's he's another lost alumni. Oh, I'm it, like that wasn't Faraday. That isn't no, King I, Faraday. I don't, I don't remember the the character's name because it was one of those things. That as soon as I saw him, I was like, it's Faraday from Dawn. Uh, Jeremy oh, okay. Jeremy Davis playing Richie Simpson. Okay, but he yeah, goes. Richie. He it's he goes. I thought I missed something. I'm he like, goes, no, uh, it was well, no, no, Connor. Uh, it was in uh, a like, Paris airport Rich, kind no. of like bullshit. Richie's actually a character from the comic books too. Who, yeah, like, whose like consciousness is like entered into like the technological realm and like he becomes like a internet superpower. Um, but he, but yeah, he's another character. But he's that oh. that whole moment where he's like, well, you're gonna do me this favor, or I'm gonna turn you into like the mm-hmm. Newcastle police. Like, yeah. uh, you don't have an alibi for that. Not one that you can share with the police that anybody's going exactly. to believe, at least. Uh, well, he was there when she was murdered. You know, his, he's probably got something left behind from his. So, again, you had that bastard moment to get what he wanted to get the end result. He was being a bastard. And that's all I wanted. And that's why, like, I walked out of this going, I'm happy. This is I, this is what I'd want. It was a small moment, too, but when, like, I can't remember, like, what the exact exchange was but when the girl's like master of the dark arts he's like yeah think about having that taken off the card <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like, like, yeah. I, I need to update the cards something like that yeah because he, he gives out business cards that say like master of the dark arts <laughs> it, it, that's an oh yeah they're, they're all NBC Dracula Blacklist and Hannibal all on NBC yep you, I looked you know, it up Paul looked Universal. it up because I'm like, he did the legwork. Because Draco is not Stallone, though, correct? I don't. It's I don't know. I know, but a show that is Stallone. We're uh, going into the third season of it. Is Arrow over on the CW? Uh, been a fan of the show. Um, probably right before the second season started. I enjoyed watching the first season, but it wasn't until. The first season came up on Netflix, and I finished watching the last half that it sold me. Because that last half is when it really gained traction and became the show that it is. Really? And, Paul, you haven't watched that much of it. No, I, I saw the half of the first episode of Arrow, and that's all I've seen. <laughs> Not something that you're going to go back to? Uh, it might take me a while just to try it's... it again. Not something that you want to talk about on the podcast? Mm, oh, I'm good. You guys talk about you, it. You talk oh, about it's, it. He- it's heavily I'm, drawn I'm from the Andy Diggle Jock Year One oh, Green good. Arrow series. But Deathstroke was also so, on the island. So, so much so, so weird that they named one of the characters Diggle, Diggle. Yeah, and yeah. he's one of like the best characters on the show. Oh, that's good. So much so that they brought him into <laughs> Jeff Lemire's <laughs> yeah. run. They put him back in the comics, and he fit. He fit perfectly in that Lemire run. Yeah. Um. Chloe Sullivan. She was like rumored, rumored to become a character on in the comic books, gonna become, and then she finally does, and then they knew fifty to it. 
Yeah. But Diggle was new 52'd. Yeah. He, and he's he was back part with of the dude. He was always part of the new 52. I'm like, uh, I, I'm only really part. enjoying the third season of Arrow so far. Like, I really enjoyed the first two, like, more than I thought I would have. Because when you think Green Arrow TV show, you don't set the bar very high. But everything about this show has been top-notch. Like, they play it so straight. Like, everything about this show I love. And it's what you would want from a Green Arrow show that you didn't know you wanted or would need. And it's not over-the-top. You know, it has a few cheesy moments just because it's sometimes you just can't get away from cheesy moments. It's cheesy because, like, an episode ago... You have Komodo showing up, and and that was the point where I was like, "How many people are actually archers in this <laughs> world?" But if you think like you think about all the years of the Green Arrow comic book, you're like, "Oh, there's a lot of fucking archers." Yeah, but you're looking back to like over like fifty years of history versus three seasons. Yeah, the, but, the Komodo that, that was one of those like fanboy things where it's like everyone uses a bow and arrow, right? I kind of wish that they had had um, uh, Merlin come back as Komodo. I see. I don't know because... versus having that Komodo because you just finish up that Jeff Lemire run with Komodo in it, and then they had they they do Komodo in the th- series, and it's like well. That guy's not nearly as badass and is nearly as big a villain as Komono was in the book. I, I did take note, like, you could get him back. You don't see him die or... No, no, he's definitely... Like, he's not dead. Like, it ends with, like, him talking to Oliver Queen and he's got an arrow in him. And then the sheen, like, scene completely shifts. So he could get away. Like, oh, yeah, oh, And I have to say, I like I like the Merlin stuff. Like, I love oh, John yeah. Barrowman. And um, him as, like, what that could-be-overarching villain is completely sells it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And also yeah. also makes me think that he's the one that shot Sarah. Yeah. And, and that's that payoff for the season that I'm looking forward to. But I'm also looking forward to just seeing Oliver in Hong Kong. Like, that selling of him is like, well, no, he didn't just get rescued off the island. Like... He got drafted at that point, and that's all Amanda Waller at that. Yeah, uh, and also, you, I mean, you get a glimpse of Katana, mm-hmm. which is uh, I really that I find that actress so unbelievably unattractive and ugly. I don't know what it is with there, her. There was someone else cast as Katana, and then like she dropped out, and they like redid it. Yeah, and she was. This is the actress also. I can't remember her name, but she was in um, the Wolverine. Yeah. Um, Moonstar, Moonstone, or yeah, Moonstone. That's like a member of. Uh... No, I don't think it matters. Yeah, it does. None of this matters. None of this matters. I know. Um, Arrow is that show that came out like two years ago. Surprised people. And then it stuck around because it delivers. It's extremely good, and it only gets better. It does. Season two is, I mean, so far, I mean, we're only five episodes into... Season three. Season three, but season two was great. Like, season yeah. two had me 
week in, week out, I was there to watch it. And season three is just selling it even more, especially if things continue as they are, like, not only tying into the flesh, but as the DC universe as a whole, too. Like, supposedly, like, not supposedly, but confirmed, like, you're going to be seeing Rachel Ghoul. Like, you're going to be seeing more of the League of Assassins. Uh, we just saw Wildcat. We got Wildcat. Like, Ray Palmer's appearing in it now. Yeah, and... and uh, extremely likable. He's very likable. Um, and just at the, the end of the last episode, because I, I watched it today, um, they have this moment where he's looking at all those... He's looking at these blueprints, and then he Files looks... And yeah, and then he looks up, and uh, Caleb, my girlfriend, goes... He's a bad guy, and I was like, "No, they're making you think that." Yeah, he, but he's not. No, he's a good guy. He's he's a guy that he's a go getter. Yeah, I know. Like, Arrow's the little show that could, I think. Yeah, and, and, and it, I'm glad it is. And it is, and it's not the overtop crazy superhero, supervillain show that we get. With like the Flash, like that has super villains in it. That has people with powers. Where Green Arrow is people without powers. It's people who just you know are some type of villain. You know they have daggers that they throw, or they have a really good shooting. You know they don't have super villains. And I'm gonna throw this out there to bring Paul back in. I'm listening. I, I heard my name. Um, I'm going to stop playing on my phone. <laughs> Reading um, Twitter to see if we got Arrow any Arrow is the show that you have the personal drama that then ties into that villain of the week drama. Mm-hmm. It all kind of circles back because it all ties into Green Arrow and Oliver Queen, like his personal life. I'm slowly fading away again from this conversation. It's no, it's the human <laughs> drama. That there was a lot of Smallville in this. The first, Paul, see, you gotta first throw, you gotta throw, you gotta yeah, throw Smallville, Smallville out. I Smallville, know. I know, killed you. It did because you just kept watching when it, when it started getting bad it was and the everyone ex, else. It was the X factor of my TV set. It was. It was <laughs> people it's, kept buying me the seasons I had to keep watching. Jeff Johns was writing this episode, you know, like I, I had to, you know, we watched it together. Like, and was Paul like, Green Arrow, <laughs> it gets a lot better, and you're a fan of the human element of the comic books. Uh-huh. Arrow has that. Arrow does have that. And it, and it, just, it just sells it to you in the scenes where there's... Also, guys shooting arrows into people. It fight your way through the first, and I thought the first couple arrows are actually pretty good. Then it gets a little weak, but towards the end of the first season, it picks it, it picks up so much. Here's the thing: it, it's fun to say it this way as a comic book fan. Mm-hmm. It's the episodes with the huntress that really sell it to Ooh. you, because that's when you get that yeah. Like, well, no, we're doing the same thing. And then, and then season two is just it's it's slow. It's not even a slow burn. It's slowly building. Okay. And then the next episode, it builds more and it builds more up until the huge. If you guys huge, were going to crazy me, moments at the okay. end, if you guys were going to give me one of the two to catch up on and watch through, uh, Green Arrow or Agents of Shield. Uh, I would say. 
they're different shows. It's hard to say. But I would I'd say Arrow. Okay. I think I, I think you. I, I'm I'm just trying to segue you guys into talking. I, no, about I know, it. but then you but now you're gonna have you're you're stalling us because now it's like what show would Paul like more? No, no. At but the no, end of the no, episode, I'm, I'm come ready, back to me. I'm ready to segue. Okay, yeah, segue over because to John says Arrow. I'm thinking I think Arrow because like that human element of it. I will say Agents of Shield because <laughs> it brings in that larger universe. Everything is tied together. Mm-hmm. You need to pay attention because this little tidbit will pay off later in the like down the road. Yeah, and uh, guys, I love you from- enough. Both you guys are my brothers. Uh, I, I am. I watch both of them so we can do a season finale wrap up and we can talk about the 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 complete ser- uh, seasons for all these episodes for our, for all these series. Wow! How about that? Come May, we'll we'll do another look back and instead put the, of just put this a on the calendar, premieres. Paul, right yeah. now, and we'll we'll talk about that. Then. Little, like, and guess uh, what? I'll I'll catch up and we'll be able to talk about it all. And maybe I'll give a little like instead of the. Uh, Bracket Buster, so you know, every once in a while, I'll throw in a little like, "Hey, where's Paul at in the Agents of Shield?" Ah, I like it. I like it. How about I like that? This too. The only problem is, what's that? What's the problem? Why? Why you got? No, no. I, I'm I, just I saying. I have solutions. You have and solutions. Now you're bringing in problems. But here's the thing: I'm trying is to fix things. You gotta, you, you gotta watch. Them. You gotta watch two seasons of Arrow then right. uh-huh. before you lose the first episode of the third season because it it. It's a five-episode cycle. As soon as the sixth episode hits, episode number one's gone. What? What are you talking about? On Hulu. Oh, oh on Hulu. What? No. Are, are, how are you going to watch the third seasons? Of of what? Uh, well, of Arrow. It's on Netflix, isn't it? First two are. Okay. Yeah, but you've got to keep up with season three, right? Right. So you got to watch season one and two. Right. But season one and two are there on Netflix. Uh-huh. But so, uh, every... After the fifth episode yeah. of Arrow airs season three, uh-huh. it's going to be two, three, four, five, six. So, then oh, it's going to be three, four, oh, five, six, seven. You basically have two weeks to catch up on all of Arrow. And or just start watching you start season the three yeah, and as then, you start watching mm-hmm. the other ones, which will screw you up. Yeah, it'll be fine. It, yeah, I'm a smart. I'm a smart kid. You're a smart I guy. can figure it out. Also, I don't know where you can find Agents of Shield season one aside from it, buying it's it. It's not available. It's anymore. not on Netflix anymore. It's not on Netflix. No. It never was on Netflix, oh. which I think is crazy because Marvel has that it used deal. To be on Hulu. That? Yeah. They only have like every f- like five episodes. episodes of um, season that's, one. That's stupid. It why, is. Why? Why did Hulu become that way? They used to do everything. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We, Chris and I both pay for it. We still don't understand why. Why we pay for it and we don't get what we want. But to talk about Agents of Shield without giving too much away to Paul, who may or may not watch it, <laughs> um, Agents of Shield. It started out as like that loose tie-in to what they are doing in the movies. And then as soon as we got Captain America the Winter Soldier, it found its footing. It knew what it was going to be. And that was the real turning point for the show. It was right before Captain America. It was finding its footing. But, yeah, once Captain America hit and it was like, oh, shit, this is what's going on. Yeah, it was – it it nailed it. The last – With Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., what we had was a field team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents – 
taking care of threats that were popping up. And it's a Joss Whedon-esque show. I say that because he's not directly involved with it. But his brother is. Um, and it it hits those same beats that you would want from something like Buffy, Angel, Firefly, Dollhouse. It, it's very much in vain with those shows. Like, if you like those, you could keep up with the show. It helps if you're a fan of the Marvel movies. Um, but really, this show is kind of floundering until that tie-in with Captain America, where they revealed that, hey, spoilers, Hydra's been around all this time, and they've been operating behind the scenes. And at that point, where they had, like, you don't know who's your brother and who's your enemy it totally flipped the show on its head. And that's where it became really intriguing, not just semi-interesting, because, hey, they're talking about Nick Fury, who I saw in that movie two weeks ago when it came out. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Uh, It's definitely where it picks up and it really starts moving. This new season has continued with that momentum and you're still trying to figure out everything that's been going on um and there's those moments because chris and i just watched um like the latest episode together like episode four yeah something and um it was called um a hen in the wolf house yeah i remember because it was an awesome name for an episode and it was that moment like after it aired i go to chris like what do you think about this I don't know, and I'm like, I don't know either. Like it has, it has us comic book fans guessing at what might be happening, but then has you know, um, oh, from the the Wrecking Crew, uh, uh, a Zorbing Man, yeah, in those episodes, and done really well. It, it was done so much better than we had in the actual Hulk movie. Yeah. Which, you know, people don't even know that was Absorbing Man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, done done so much well. And even how he, like, um, he has, like, all those little drawers and he pulls out and he picks, picks up that piece of wood just because he enjoys the sensation of turning into that wood. Like, almost like an, an, an attic with his yeah. power. Um, so much fun. It's so much fun. And then after... Following that first season, the second season, you know, you you feel even more attached to these people and the stuff with Ward, all that stuff. And, like, it's almost and, agonizing watching Fitz this season. Yeah, I know. It, it's bad. But what the hook was for the first season is, like, what Coulson's back. And it was so much Coulson's story. And you had that cast of characters with him. Like, to learn, like, why is he back? Like, what happened? How is he still alive? And then after you get that, you have all these other characters that you've started to learn and know and care about. That's what carries you through that Hydra rift, where you're like, oh my god, like, who's good, who's bad? And, like, the rest of, like, the last half season of the uh, first part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It flew by because I was so looking forward to the next episode. Oh yeah. Definitely. 
that it, it's literally all a blur versus the first half of that season where it's like, yeah, I like this show. Like, I want to see what kind of references they're going to make to this larger world. And it was Captain America, the Winter Soldier, that was really that turning point because that's what it was like, oh my God, I need to see what's going to happen next. Not just because of the movie, but because that show completely shifted gears. At that point, it knew what it was. And it was like, all right, we know these characters now. Who are they? And it's been firing off ever since then. And now, like, with the second season, they got me. Like, I'm there. Uh, And we just got um, Mockingbird making her appearance. Which I did not expect that episode to go that way. Even though that's, like, what they were playing it towards. Like I was like, no, there's, there's no way it's this straightforward. Like, she's going to be a double agent, triple agent, quadruple agent. I don't know. Yeah, you did it. And you way to go, Agents of Shield. You've seen, you've had uh, online. You've seen her in the quote unquote Mockingbird costume, which they've even said like she may be making an appearance in Age of Ultron. Do it. So, you know, you have these tie-ins. Um, and I also just saw that actress playing in John Wick this weekend. Where oh, how she, was that? Uh, it was good. I liked it. Good. Um, just shoot him up violence. Ex- knows exactly what it is and should okay. be. Is it is it shoot him up violence or is it shoot him up violence? It's shoot him up. It's not comical over-the-top okay. shooting. I, it's, I love shoot him up. It's it just, so fun. It is fun. It's just that violent shoot him up shooting these guys uh really well done but she plays an assassin in it and she plays a nice tough cookie in it hooky is there a i said cookie is tough there cookie vulnerability oh, there? Hooky. what's a tough cookie i don't know you said it i said tough cookie you know what this these kind of misunderstandings lead to awesome itunes <laughs> reviews uh and i'll tell you this i'd give uh john wick Three and a half out of five fairy winks. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I hate you guys. So much. <laughs> uh, to, to kind of like bring it back and then tie it up. All right. Our, I'm, I'm our really rankings. Enjoying Agents what? of Shield oh. more than I was probably this time last year, and this is a show I really want to see where it goes. Not just because I want to see how it works as a TV show, as you know, a member of the media and want to see like how things work because it's tying into that like multi-million dollar franchise that Marvel now has well billion dollar at this point how like Marvel's going to play that out but I want to see it as a spectator following the story and seeing these characters like it's now it's flowing so well now everything with Fitz and Simmons like and Paul, I know this has no meaning to you. Like, yep. just seeing them as characters, and now that they're going to be back together again, like, that's cool. Agent May, Agent Sky, like Ward, being that like, we'll find lines. Like, this show, it's it's where it needs to be now. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and then those teases they give you, which. You're hoping week in, week out, they're finally going to start filling in that, that information. 
Uh, no, definitely been great. And and I'm gonna say Sky's dad. He is either looking for a damn good cup of coffee, or <laughs> he's playing with alien experiments because he's going to figure out what the Inhumans are. I'm thinking this is we're going to see like the bridging from the Marvel TV universe into the cinematic universe. Definitely, there's got to be some link. Not just from like movies to TV. Yeah, I want to see the link from TV to movies, and I think this is where they could launch it. Interesting. Hopefully. Definitely. Uh, Paul said, pa- "Paul said power rank Chris TV shows." Oh. I thought that's how you were wrapping it up because that's no, how I'm we wrap sorry. things it's, up here. It's we hard to power rank. rank. Okay, then let's not because we're two hours and twenty minutes in. So uh, let's just wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right. Ratings and reviews over at iTunes. Go ahead. Go just go through the whole list, Paul. Email Begnabordcast, uh, contact at begnabordcast.com. Facebook at us, uh, comment on all the posts that we put up on Facebook. We posted the trailer for as soon as it became live for yes. you to watch it. Uh, we were looking over for on it. our Facebook page, so follow us there. That's Bagged and Board. You can tweet at us at Bagged and Board. Uh, follow us over on Instagram. We Instagram things like our panels that we read. For our dramatic reading, right? Is that over well, we, on our we, we do the show note pictures. Oh, show note pictures over there, so you can see the bottles that we drink in the comic books that we read. Well, if you, if you want to see the dramatic reading panels, those are always over at bangboard.com when you post the show notes hmm. each week when these episodes get That posted. sweet, sweet website that Chris hosts and runs for us. So thank you, Chris. Well, hey, I post and on it. Producer Scott, Scott runs Yeah, it. thank you, Producer Scott, for running SMP. it. S&P number 42. All right. We're done. We're done. Wrap it up, Paul.